More from Matt Lockwood. The electronic signs say in busway no entry has been installed at the New Bedford Road entrance. And Cambridgeshire could be run by 1-Force-HQ to save millions of pounds, the BBC has learned. It's understood the centre for the three could be based at Huntingdon, the headquarters of Cambridgeshire Police. Combining the three could save up to £7 million. The plan was due to be made public in April. Malaysia Airlines says the focus for the search for the passenger plane, which went missing over the weekend, has now moved to the west coast of the country. The flight, with 239 people on board, vanished as it flew from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. Jim Hall is a former air accident investigator. Unless you have a ship that goes over the site where the accident is uh, with the proper uh, listening equipment, it's very difficult to uh, find the location of the accident from the emergency locating transmitter system. MPs will vote on a controversial measure this afternoon which would give the Health Secretary greater powers to close local hospital services. Labour claims that Bedford and Milton Keynes hospitals would be placed at risk. Multi-million pound improvements to the M1 at Junction 10 mean a new contraflow system comes into force this morning. The new traffic management system on the M1 spur road between Junctions 10 and 10A will last until early June. People are being advised to allow more time for their journey, especially if they're heading for London Luton Airport. In sport, conference leaders Luton go to second place Cambridge tonight. Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster. In League One, playoff chasing MK Dons are at Notts County. Stevenage continue their relegation fight at home to Preston. In League Two, Wickham hosts Plymouth. The weather mostly cloudy this morning. Sunny spells developing this afternoon. A maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. A very friendly place. Hasn't been really spoiled. All this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. The community is just so cohesive. It does so much together. Some of the parts are very pretty and semi-rural, so um, it's generally it's an attractive place. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. All this week, featuring Wheat Hampstead, BBC Three Counties Radio. Semi-rural, you say? Yeah, the girls are putting the hand cream on. Let's get this party smooth. Woo! That's right, the girl. I get accused often of speaking of uh, sexual stereotypes, but the girls are putting their hand cream on. Wow. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't know, we're all a bit grumpy today. Kath's grumpy, I'm a bit grumpy. Kelly, you grumpy? No. Okay, so two-thirds of us are a bit grumpy today. I've got really... I don't know what, what Kath's beef is, and maybe we'll investigate that during the show. I've got very um, uh, tight shoulders. My shoulders are tight. I had a two-year-old and a cat in the bed with me last night. but And, and it's a big bed. I had no room at all. They're both quite small. I, have, I had very little room. To the point where I, was, I would push the two-year-old as far away from me as I possibly could so I could turn over. And by the time I turned over, he was right back up against me again. And yet he was asleep. Oh, my boys would not. They would not stop blowing off yesterday. I mean, I'm sorry. It was... The smell was disgusting. Well, you know what they say. If you can't beat them... Lots to talk about on the show this morning. No, no, not if you can't beat them, slap them. No, Kelly, for goodness sakes. Lots to talk about this morning. 
An Aylesbury firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. If you run a small company, do you feel supported? Or are you on your own until you start making some serious cash? Bedfordshire Chief Constable Colette Paul will be joining me to tell me how she'll be dealing with allegations that two of her officers assaulted a mental uh, a man with the mental age of five. And the Luton to Dunstable busway is at the centre of another row. Do you remember those wonderful, marvellous electronic signs they brought in to tell cars to keep off? Well, cars aren't keeping off, and the signs are costing 600 quid a week cheaper just to hire like a young student or something to stand there facebook.com etc 81333 start your text 3cr or come on guys you've been really slack the last few days on the phone calls less of it 0845 I mean more phone calls less of the slackness 08459 455 555 across beds hearts and bucks this is BBC Three Counties Radio well, sometimes you have to fake it to make it. We're not feeling particularly excited. Are you feeling excited, Kelly? Yes. I, I can't. How come your mood is so out of sync with mine and Catherine's? Because I'm a different person to you guys. She's not wrong, actually. When you think about it, very wise.
Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Fake it to make it, guys. Fake it to make it. Hugs, not drugs. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah, well, well. 08459 555555. This is a two-way street. I don't know what it is. One-way street. Anyway, this is a two-way street. I'm putting my shizzle out on the line here, and I want you to call in, for goodness sake. You've been really slack the last two days. Less of that, more of the calls. Now, here's a story. In January this year, David Cameron told the Federation of Small Businesses that he wanted to cut red tape and get out of the way of small business success. Well, one firm in Aylesbury would beg to differ with that. A company called Buddy was shortlisted to provide tags for the Ministry of Justice, but claims the procurement process is so long-winded and expensive it's been forced to pull out. Oh, yeah, and it's already spent two million quid. Well, David Knowles-Leak is the regional chair of the Federation of Small Businesses in the Thames Valley and joins me now. Morning, David. Good morning. Do you think Buddy ever stood a chance, or was it there just to make up numbers? Oh, goodness me. I mean, I call it the paperclip paradox. You know, they end up with pro- uh, the process for procurement very often ends up being more expensive than the value of the goods, let alone the profit you make out of it. So there's a major hurdle for government to uh, get over in this. I... I it is such a disincentive for small businesses to fill in pre-qualification questionnaires, have this process, that process, and whatever. I'm amazed they spent £2 million on it and came out, because that sounds like a, a fairly big exercise. But the Thames Valley is full of people who've given up trying to sell to uh, local government and government generally because of the process. So what David Cameron said then about cutting red tape to help small businesses, that, that's just not happened? Well, I mean, he, he to be fair to him, I suppose, he only said it less than a month ago, so... Uh, uh, I guess the knife hasn't, uh, hasn't slipped through. What government claim is that they get rid of red... Uh, they, if, if one regulation comes in, they try and get rid of two. But in terms of the impact, as I see it, it's just been minimal. Uh, and certainly on the purchasing side, it's just... Uh, you know, we've got a process where it actually puts the cost up to the taxpayer. You know, the process of buying the goods because of... Uh, you know, complicated tender exercises makes it extremely expensive. It adds costs for government, and you end up with a you know a whole load of suppliers, potential suppliers, who give up because the cost of them is enormous. That's not even counted. Well, the old uh, tagging contract I've been told has been taken over by Capita, another large uh, firm regularly used by the government. When Buddy says it could have done it for half the price. Well, it's it, it, again, uh, you know, the larger companies seem to be able to hold sway in this process. They very often have things called framework agreements, which means they're, uh, you know, they're already uh, a supplier to government, so they have some kind of inside track, and you. You just seem to get this inexorable march of these contracts to the larger companies, and it makes it progressively more difficult for the smaller ones to get in. So what, what could the government do to well, make think, things better? Well, I mean, you know, it's the old Winston Churchill thing, isn't it? You know, common sense would be great, but as he said, there's not, it's not very common. Um, you know, you just would think that instead of pursuing a process to the end result, people would actually say, well, hang on, if we can do this effectively and we can do it cheaper... You know, why are we going, why are we putting through people through a very, very complex process, which is actually going to sort of kill the goose, as it were, which is going to stop people getting to the end point? I mean, I just think it needs a wholesale re-examination. The excuse is always is, because of European legislation, we have to follow these very elaborate tender processes. Uh, I don't think that's always the case, but for big contracts it probably is. But it is just made so onerous, and it just needs a complete reshaping.
And is, is there any indication? I mean, obviously, David Cameron's made this speech, but is there any indication this is this will practically happen? Well, I mean, you know, is it pra- well? As I say, you know, some regulations are being moved, but they're not the ones that are critical. Uh, and on purchasing, we've been discussing this for uh, certainly in my time for the last four or five years, and there've been promises to move this and move that, uh, tinker with the system. But even those small changes have taken an eternity to happen. Something substantial needs to happen so that. Pr- you know, people who have got a cost advantage, who aren't already a player with government, can actually sit in front of them and, you know, strike a deal. It just doesn't happen as it stands. David, thank you very much for getting up at this ridiculous time of the morning to talk to me. David Knowles-Lick, Regional Chair of the Federation of Small Businesses in the Thames Valley. Over to you, small business owners. I know I am very popular with entrepreneurs. Very popular with those. Have you... How difficult is it to set up a small business, to run a small business, to, 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 to make bids for things? Is there lots of red tape? What on earth is that noise in the studio? It's me? Oh, right, I see. Can you not hear that? Can you not hear that? Listen. What, what is that? That's, that. What? Well, just... Are you overheating? Is it this? What is it? Is it a fan? Can you hear it? Go go onto the desk and see if it gets louder. Well, no, but it's coming through the microphone into my ears. I know, I just want to see if you get under the desk. idiot. Right, I was doing a thing about small businesses then. Mm -hmm. Do it, do Uh, the thing. Okay, give us a call if you've got a small business. 08459... Has the government helped you? Four double five. Or has red tape got in your way? Five double five. Call me now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the motorway is looking good at the moment. No problems from what I can see on camera on the M1 or the M25. Uh, the M40 is looking fine, as is the A1M, and no accidents or incidents have been reported. Still some flooding in Hertfordshire, of course. Felden Lane in Hemel is closed because of the burst water main there. Uh, at Tring, the watery lane closure is still in, of course. So the trains, London Midland and Virgin say there are possible delays uh, through the three counties, all because of problems with the overhead wires up in the West Midlands between uh, Tamworth and Nuneaton, those problems. And the Piccadilly line's running with severe delays out of London towards Cotfosters because of a late finish of engineering works. I'm James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much. 6.16. It's, uh, where are we now? Tuesday, the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A small Buckinghamshire-based firm which was in line to win a major government contract has had to pull out. The Aylesbury company Buddy, which supplies electronic tags to police forces, withdrew, citing costs and bureaucracy. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council says it doesn't want to spend the money, but driver stupidity means they have to. And in sport, conference leaders Luton go to the second place Cambridge tonight. Luton are 15 points clear, but it won't last. Mark my words. BBC Three Counties Radio.
Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and death, particularly local murder and death from the 19th century? I mean, one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. There until three o'clock this afternoon. More great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this programme. Nick Coffer. Today, I'm just outside of Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics ward of the L&D Hospital. I'm in St Albans. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. in my seat. I'm bouncing in my seat. Just a little bounce. 
my top teeth uh, over my bottom lip. My head is bouncing back and forth like this. All in all, I'm looking pretty cool. Yeah, looking. Kelly's watching me. Kelly, uh, I warn you now, I'm a married man. You're much younger than me, but I'm still, I'm looking hot, huh? Yes. Catherine, I warn you now, I'm a married man. You're about the same age as me. I'm looking pretty hot, huh? Um, I think you're safe. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Hey, kids, remember the Luton to Dunstable busway? Yeah, the one the cars keep getting stuck on. Yeah, the one the council told us motorists will get used to and they didn't need extra signs for. Yeah, the, the one, in case you don't remember it, the one they've put extra signs up for. Well, guess what? Idiot drivers are still driving onto it and mobile signs the councils have brought in are costing you, the taxpayer, 600 quid a week. That's not bad, is it? Well, our reporter, Sophie Solera, is there this morning. Morning, Sophie. Good morning. Can you describe these signs to me, first of all? All right. Well, first of all, there is, it's a large sign. It's higher than my head. So, you know, I'm wow, really that's large. tall. Yeah. I'm like five foot eight, so the sign must come at least to six foot five. That's the guess. And uh, it basically says, no cars, busway, flashes. I'm going to take a selfie with it and tweet it. Wow. Very quiet here today. It doesn't look like anyone will come down this road. What's, what's the problem, Sophie? What's been happening? Well, since the busway opened in September, we've heard loads of reports of cars driving onto it, ending up with burst tyres, getting in the bus's way, ending up in the paper, you know the score. They argued that they were just following their sat-navs. Do you remember when we sent Tony Fisher out to test that theory? Oh, I do remember. Shall we have a little listen? Let's do that. Here we go. Right, we're now going under the railway bridge. About to cross the guided busway. Now turn right. It's telling me to turn right. It's telling me to turn right down the guided busway. Okay, we need we need to just clarify for purposes. It was telling him to turn right. Is that Definitely correct? Definitely right. So yeah. the, the sat nav was telling Tony Fisher to turn right. He w and if you're not familiar with the town, what are you going to do? It's telling me to turn right. Yeah, it was telling him to turn right. You're going to go right. Exactly, like he did. And you will be relying on your sat-nav yep. if you don't know the area. Um, of course, then you'll get in trouble. However, this didn't wash with Luton Borough Council. And uh, Councillor Dave T Taylor told you, when we spoke to him back in November, that there was no confusion about this busway. People were just pushing their luck. I am concerned. I mean, there have been some incursions, and it's disappointing that people choose to ignore um, the signage. Um, I'm not sure how a sat-nav will gu guide them up the busway. And I'm just wondering if they're the same sat-navs that drive people over cliffs and into rivers. Well, he also suggested, didn't he, the signs were fine and people would get used to it. Uh, they mustn't have because they brought in more signs. That's right. Before the flashing matrix sign was installed on the 15th of January, there were two to three vehicles a week getting onto the busway. But having told motorists um, they would soon get the message and stay away, the signs have been brought in as a temporary measure and you just can't miss them. This one's actually visible to cars and vans using the busway before the Galaxy Centre. And it's um, it, you can be seen from far and wide from around the town. Since it went up, there's only been two incidents, including one last Tuesday here. What happened last Tuesday? So a motorist drove onto the busway. It's not yet known how he got there, he or she. The busway had to be closed for two hours, though, for recovery work. 
Gosh. I know. Well, it sounds like an absolute mess. You've, you've spent, uh, you've been speaking to people about the illuminated sign. 600 quid a week. Do they think it's taxpayers' money well spent? Well, the general consensus is no. It's not money well spent. In fact, people are positively outraged about it. Um, why can't you get a cheaper sign, they told me? Here's what some of them said. Very angry to hear that. 600 quid just to warn people not to drive through there. Maybe one in a thousand will occasionally go up. They can put some illuminated sign, small one, instead of this display, which is totally waste of revenue. So a huge waste of money. It's a totally waste of money. That is shocking because uh, they can do it for about 50, 100 quid a week. Not even 100 quid a week. They should uh, have it up there for like free and like sponsor some company for it. I mean, 600 quid a week, that's too much. What about the dangers of people driving the wrong way, though? Yeah, I've seen a few people drive. I've seen people stuck. I've seen cars, like, smashed up, like, tyres being smashed up. So, so that sign doesn't even work. Like, if they're paying 600 quid a week, that sign should, like, do its job, but it's not even doing its job. So, like, they might as well take it off. But I do think that it's necessary. Yes, because only the buses are allowed to go there, right? So it is kind of necessary. You can replace it. You can have an alternative or something. Well, I can't they just put an ordinary one up there and paint on it so you don't go up there rather than the flashing one. That's ridiculous, isn't it? I think it's rubbish. It's a waste of money. So if what else is the council doing to stop people getting onto the busway? So bollards have been installed near Beg the your station. Pardon? Bollards have been installed Sorry, near the station, but they're not yet working. Oh. The council have said they have to get their technology right first, but the bollards will, bollards will eventually lower for buses, but not for cars and lorries. The council say they're confident that this will help solve the problem of motorists driving on the busway by accident or out of pure stupidity. Sophie, thank you very much indeed. It, we, I, I, <laughs> this story makes me laugh because people are such idiots. Every week, it seems, I get tweeted or, or emailed a little photograph that one of you have taken, and thank you for that, of some Muppet that's gone the wrong way up the, uh, the busway. There's, there's a euphemism. 08459 455 555. 600 quid a week, though. In the great scheme of things... It's not that much money, is it? But, 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 when we're all having to make cuts, when we're having to cut back 600 quid a week, that's all right, isn't it? I could do with six... I would stand there for 600 quid a week. Why don't they get... Someone tweeted last night, why don't they get one of those... Who are the people that dress up as Spider-Man? Who are the people that dress... Not not the real Spider-Man. Fathers for Justice. <laughs> no, what? Peter Parker. No, no, Who? The fella who plays Peter Parker. He's not Spider-Man. What are you it's, talking about? It's his real name in Spider-Man. No, it's not. Peter Parker's just a, just a humble little young kid. He's nothing not connected with Spider-Man. That's his about? name. Shh. Oh. No, there are people that you often see um, dressed up as Spider-Man advertising something. Oh, Domino's Pizza. That's the fellas. That's the fellas. That's a. I, I remember last summer on what was the hottest day of the year. I saw some poor fellow who was getting less than minimum wage. He must have been dressed up in the full Spider-Man outfit, stood in a roundabout. And also, one of my younger colleagues tried to explain to me that someone was dressed up as, uh, and they explained it over and over again before I realised it was Captain America. Probably works better in the US than over here. I've never driven past and thought, oh, Spider-Man dresses pizza. pizza. Oh, yeah, I'll get pizza. Yeah, no. I thought, oh, I'll watch Spider-Man when I get in. Or I've thought, that bloke's an idiot. Yeah, He'd never too. get on the side of a building, would he, if he was eating that? <laughs> if he was eating that much. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. I feel sorry for the Spider-Man. You can also send me an email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. 
uh, 600 quid a week on, a, on an electronic sign telling people... Basically, it says, stop being stupid. The sign says, don't be an idiot. It might as well say that. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the motorways, well, getting a little busy now on the M1, especially southbound on camera 9 to 8, but it's all moving. No uh, accidents or incidents reported on the motorways. The uh, M25 and the M40, by the way, looking good on the cameras. A405 at Bricker Wood, quite busy approaching the M25 roundabout. Uh, the 414 at the Park Street roundabout is moving along nicely, though, on the sensors. Uh, Chilton trains were just being told of uh, problems with a uh, broken-down train at Princess Risborough. This just coming in, as you can hear. Uh, southbound, the line is blocked at Princess Risborough and delays of up to half an hour for some Chilton trains heading through uh, down towards London. We'll keep you up to date on that. Virgin and London Midlands say possible delays this morning because of problems with the overhead wires up between Nuneaton and Tamworth. I'm James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. It's telling me to turn right. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A small Buckinghamshire-based firm which was in line to win a major government contract has had to pull out after spending £2 million. The Aylesbury company Buddy, which supplies electronic tags to police forces, withdrew citing cost and bureaucracy. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council blames driver stupidity. And Malaysia Airlines says the focus for the search for the passenger plane, which went missing over the weekend has now moved to the west coast of the country. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. An important night of football ahead, certainly in the conference where leaders Luton go to second place Cambridge. The Hatters are 15 points ahead. Manager John Still is looking at the bigger picture. I understand, you know, football supporters... You know, the manager side of it is, you know, I think it is different because all, all I want to do is win the league. You know, whether I beat Cambridge or don't beat Cambridge, of, of little interest to me. Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster with Fernando Forestieri and Lewis McGugan set to return to the squad. Beppe Sanino's Hornets are seven points from the playoffs with a game in hand. To be honest, I don't know the table. I don't know how many points we, we have. I stressed in the past. In terms of Watford, I'm, I'm focused on, on the on the next game. In League One, Dean Bowditch could start for the Milton Keynes Dons at Bottom Club Notts County after signing a new one-year contract. Carl Robinson signed it back in playoff contention with Peterborough at home on Saturday. Now we've got to go to Notts County. It's massive now. A big, big 48 hours for us as a football club and uh, I'm, I'm excited by what we can do. We've put ourselves in, in with the next two games being really important and that's all I can ask of the group. Stevenage host manager Graham Westley's former club Preston and will be without midfielder John Massinho who's on loan from the visitors and in League 2 Wickham will be without the injured Paris Cowan Hall and the suspended Josh Scowan for tonight's visit of Plymouth and there's full commentary on Luton, Watford, MK Dons and Stevenage on tonight's Three Counties Sport from 7. In the Champions League Arsenal go to Bayern Munich trailing 2-0 from the first leg. In the Southern League Premier third place St Albans drew 0-0 at Biggleswade last night. Tonight leaders Hemel Hempstead host Cambridge City Second place, Chesham go to Burnham. And in racing, the Cheltenham Festival starts today with the feature race, the Champion Hurdle at 3.20. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Whoa. Hey, Catherine, you're right. <laughs> I was strangling myself. There was nearly a, there was nearly a studio emergency. Who's the uh, first aider here? Paul Scoynes. Oh, well, where? Nowhere he, to be seen. Paul Scoynes, political correspondent and uh, BBC Three Counties first aider. Catherine Boyle nearly uh, s- strangled herself. Garroted. N- yeah, uh, with her uh, very own headphones. You're right, love. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't extend this. This is because I put a safety thing on it. Oh, the safety. making. Yeah. It's less than a, a headphone lead than a sort of. Some chin strap. It's political madness gone wrong, isn't it? It's all gone really. Wrong. Now, listen. Safe guys don't even work. <laughs> <laughs> she realises two minutes in. Now, listen. Before we, we're going to do the papers in a bit, and yeah. where have the phone calls gone this week? Last week we could not breathe because of the phone calls we're getting. This week we've had hardly any, and the ones we've had have been rubbish. Do you know what my mistake was yesterday? Go on. I turned down a dog poo story. Oh, mate. Because I could hear you going, oh yeah, we're doing the dog poo. Mate, never. Story. We're not N- doing a dog poo. Never. Oh, Mum, I'm doing a dog. Mate. No. One of the joys of having children is you get to see them at their most vulnerable. And the number of times I have sat in the bathroom watching my eldest doing a poo. Don't, because we got so many texts yesterday. Oh, he's going on toilet. But it's true. And he sits there and he'll there talk. There is a face, isn't there? He'll sit there and he'll talk about his school day. Well, today at school, we. We did some painting. And then I played out with the. And then I drew a picture. <laughs> Does that? You know what that lad needs? A newspaper. <laughs> Daddy, I'm a... He says... Oh, bless him. He says, Daddy, I'm a heaving and a hoving and it won't come out. <laughs> ah. So I have to teach him techniques. Anyway, anyway... Might just get a kind of faraway look in their eye. Or my youngest goes to play with the doll's house. And we all know what's happening over there. I was, um... I was in a disabled toilet the other day. And I was sitting down, and opposite the, opposite the toilet facility, there was a mirror. <laughs> a full-length mirror. Haven't <laughs> the disabled been punished enough? <laughs> Who wants to see that? I saw the, the, I saw the face that no man should ever have to see. You saw the reason for a locked toilet door. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Why would you put a full-length mirror opposite a toilet? The weirdest thing is when couples do that together. No. Yeah, one in the bath, one on the loo. Wrong. There's what in the bath? <laughs> anyway, listen, don't, because the, the complainants will be complaining even more. No, but sometimes you can be two together. No, no never, I've never. I've seen, um, you know, if you've ever seen that programme Cribs on MTV? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they have his and hers dunnies no. in the same room. I can't go to the toilet, ones or twos, if my wife is on the same floor of the house, let alone in the same room. You know, since motherhood, I've had to learn to do it with someone banging on the door. But not in. No, no, I draw the line. about toilets, yeah? <laughs> yeah. 084... This is why people aren't calling in. 08459 <laughs> 455 555. Right, I'm going to play a song. I'm I will so- forget this ever happened. Yes, please do. Uh, and, it, it, Kelly, do not put it in the podcast. So, I'm going to play a song. I spoke to one of the gentlemen that wrote this song last night on the telephone. Did you? Yeah, he's written lots and lots of famous songs. Right, Bobby Hart. You won't know his name, but you'll know what he wrote. He wrote Bobby the- Hart? You mean the guy who wrote Valerie, Stepping Stone... Pleasant Valley Sunday. He didn't write that. OK, well, I'm sure he had some sort of influence on it. He wrote the monkeys theme. Blum. Here we come. come. I'm on the phone to him. And he's 75 years old, bless him. And he's such a sweet gentleman. But I was trying to be... I, I left an answer phone message for him at the weekend. And it was one of those messages. It's like when you leave a message for a girl that you really like. As I'm leaving the message... Th- You're trying to be cool. Yeah. Three minutes into the message, I'm thinking, I should have bailed out of this a minute. And I couldn't find, I couldn't end the, the message. And I spoke to him last night, and for the whole conversation, I'm calling him man. 
Hey, man, it's uh, Ian Lee from the UK. Just uh, Bobby, OK, man? Anyway, man, I was just wondering if you're still up for this interview at the weekend, man. And I'm, as I'm doing, I'm thinking, I don't, what, what's all this man nonsense? Anyway, he's a legend and he wrote this. song last night i have his phone number in my mobile life does not get much sweeter than speaking to mr bobby hart bobby hart that's a proper showbiz name isn't it bobby hart not like ian lee or Catherine boyle bobby hart please welcome to the stage bobby hart and Catherine boyle and ian lee boring names i could be an american news anchor if my name was like kitty but uh, Catherine kitty there's a kitty k isn't there kitty k well you so you have to change your whole name yeah, we got Kitty Boyle. You couldn't be Ki- That's Katie Boyle. And no, Kitty. Yeah, but it sounds like Katie Boyle, and also it sounds like you're boiling a cat. You couldn't do that. <laughs> They're very, very into their animal rights over there. Really? Not so much their human rights. Hey, bit oh. of politics, bit of politics. Sylvia's in Luton. Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. Is that your real voice? Yes. Oh, how lovely. What would you like to say? Well, I would like to know why they're digging up all the tiles at the top of the town near farm food. It doesn't seem to be anything matter with them, but they're digging up all the top part of the town and putting small tiles down. You've got all posh. Oh, have I? Sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry. I like you, Sylvia. Hello, hello, Sylvia. I like you, Catherine. Uh, I wasn't listening. Maybe you could help, Sylvia. They're digging up tiles outside farm foods. All the all the brickwork oh. oh. <laughs> on the floor or on the on the ground. Uh... 
I don't know. I've got no... Right, OK. Well, listen, Sylvia, I'm glad you've called in. We can put this out. Well, 08459 455 555. Outside farm food. Um, and what? Where, where is this, Sylvia? Remind me. Right up the top of the town. It's yeah. Where the buses run round. From like Luton. Front of Luton uh, Church Street. I know exactly. Yes, I know exactly. Okay. I s- brickwork that they spent a lot of money doing. Now they're digging it all up and putting small bricks. Is it too slippery or something? I wonder. Oh no. Hmm. Have you ever slipped over there, Sylvia? Oh, no. I just wondered why, when we're so short of money, they're spending all that money doing it. Hey, what do you think? 600 quid a week to have a sign-up telling people to stop being idiots. It's crazy, isn't it? So it must be costing thousands for that. Well, it, well yeah, over time, yes. It's £600 a week. 2400 a month. Oh, that's a lot of money. That's yeah. a lot of money. What have you got planned for the rest of the day, Sylvia? Oh, a bit of shopping. Yeah. Farm food? Uh, no. It's only Tesco's. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvia, you're a good sport. It's really nice to talk to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ta-ta, bye-bye. There we go. What What's going on at Farm Foods? What is going on at Farm Foods? What a delightful lady, lady Sylvia was. Although her voice has changed like three or four times. I liked posh Sylvia. Yeah, she got posher when you um, highlighted that. Yeah, she, she was nice. I like her. Let's, let's, let's see if Joyce and Leegrave is going to be as nice as Sylvia. Sylvia's already my favourite caller of the day. Oh, but Joyce, come on. Come Joyce, on, Joyce. Joyce is Joyce. Hey, hey, favourite. You yeah. don't have to have favourite. I do, I do. Um, listen, uh, to start with, Hello. they're on about the money they're spending. I know I'm on a different tangent to what I rang in about. I yes. should do that in a moment. You, get, you go where you want to go. Yeah. Yes. But they're spending all that money, and yet we are going to have to pay some towards our shop mobility. You know, the disabled shop? Oh, We're yeah. going to have to pay some towards our transport, and yet they pay all that money, oh. our Luton Town Hall out, and then uh, they... I mean, you imagine two of you going downtown, and you're paying, I think it is £3 I mean, each way. Yeah. You, you know... People haven't got that £12 spent to go down now and down. No. Joyce, did you go to that meeting last night? No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Because... I've and I can't read uh... all the notes quick enough. Well, it's just that the uh, council said they get back to us with the decision. This is about the... Do you remember the Dial-A-Ride saga? I do, I do. Yeah, I've um, been on about that. So, yeah. I, in fact, you're the person who brought it to us and said yeah. we need to investigate it. They were having a meeting last night okay. where they would make a decision on what was going to happen because Shop Mobility have stepped in where yep. Dial-A-Ride have, taken a, a, have withdrawn. Right. They were going to give us a shout and tell us what went on in that meeting, but I've had nothing okay, from the well, council. So well, if anyone knows... If anyone was at that meeting last night, 08459 455555. Joyce, we will put a call into the council. If we don't get someone on today, we will do our darndest we, to get we someone are tomorrow. Getting someone on. We're getting, Why should we pay we for that when on. they're paying £600? Yeah. Uh, listen, Hello. dogs, dogs, yes, right? right? Now, this morning early... You're my second favourite caller of the morning, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> early, early, abroad, I heard... I think it was Venice. I couldn't catch what? where it was. Venice? Country, yeah. Some posh place with lots and lots of lovely dogs and well, the, 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 There's no pavements in Venice. It's all canals. Well, whatever it is, it's there. Yes. And, and you know, they had Swimming all these lovely little dogs and you could hear them yapping away and yes. clicking of heels and everything. What on earth is she talking about? Dogs. dogs. And talking about your dog poo, right? You were talking about that this morning. Well. Yes. I don't like my boys, but yes. <laughs> no, no, no. And they have begun, because there's so much on the road they can't clean it up properly and what? keep it clean. Yes. So they they're taking they're taking DNA tests oh. from a dog oh, poor. No. no, they're not. Yes, they are. They're taking DNA, they're swabbing, they're swabbing dogs exactly. and their poo. Exactly. And then doing what? <laughs> then, well, they're, they're matching it up. Somebody's going around picking it up and taking tests, I suppose. So, hang on a minute. Someone goes and swabs a dog's mouth... No, no, no. Uh, Somebody takes uh, a blood test from the dog's paw. Oh, that's even worse. 
DNA. This, this is what they said. And they then, the people with the pooper scoopers, are going to test it to see if it's your dog. <laughs> I think Catherine wants to comment on this uh, story. Well, oh, no, yeah. I was just wondering. I mean, I guess it could work in somewhere like Venice where you have a captive audience. <laughs> <laughs> you do. What, what, a, what a job. So what, what do you do for a living these days? Well, what I do is I go around and collect dog poo and I DNA test it, then I match it up with the dogs and then I shoot the owners. Is that, <laughs> is that what they do? They find them. Find them. <laughs> when I used to live in Paris, if you walked home very early in the morning, yes. which I never did, No. you would um, come across the men whose job it is to um, jet wash the pavements oh, and dear. any detritus into the trains. Oh. And they used to just... Is, that, is that not a pissoir? <laughs> no. Is that something different? I don't know. Maybe um, if French Jonathan's listening, he'll yeah. know what the term is for it. Joyce! It might be a cacoir. <laughs> 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 oh, it's lovely to talk to you. <laughs> oh, what, what lovely, lovely callers. Weren't they lovely, Catherine? You see, I told you, Mr Trick, not doing the dog poo phone-in. Well, it, it, it would appear we are. 08459 Let's get the travel with James. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. You see, and Chiltern trains reporting delays and disruption into London this morning. A train's broken down at Prince's Risborough. The southbound line is blocked, and there may be delays of up to half an hour. There are likely to be cancellations as well. There's a half-hour shuttle service running Ellsbury to Princess Risborough, and buses running also Princess Risborough to High Wycombe. So problems uh, mainly into London, towards London rather, on Chiltern trains. On the roads, M1 certainly heavy southbound on camera now. 11 to 7, uh, sorry, 10 to 7. Luton to Hemel, uh, building up on the southbound A1M at Junction 7, Stevenage on the sensors, and slow on the Amersham Road, the 413 through Chalfont St Giles, according to our speed centres, heading up towards Amersham. James Woolley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much, James. Don't know where Alice Glossop is. Maybe we'll investigate later on. I hope nothing bad has happened. We'll find out, make sure nothing bad has happened before we start making jokes about her. And do you know what? Even if something bad has happened, we'll, we'll gauge the badness... Still probably make some jokes about her. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckingham... I tell you what, I tell you what, guys. For, for old time's sake, do you remember back in the day, Catherine, you used to do the news yeah. before you got demoted to producer? Yes. Do you want to really... Come and sit yeah, here. Okay. Come and sit here. Let's, let's have you doing the news. And then what do I press? Then you just press go. OK. And then you go into the weather. So where are you guys? Catholic. Let's go to Catherine Boyle now for the latest news. At 6.47, the headlines. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew, citing costs and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council blames driver stupidity. And in Sport League One, playoff hopefuls MK go to bottom club Notts County tonight while Stevenage continue their battle against relegation with a home game against Preston. Hey, not bad. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties got, You've got to do more faders. Hang on a second. Here's the weather with Kate. <laughs> she could do this as well if she likes. Good morning. We've got a bit of cloud around this morning. It's kept things relatively cosy though overnight. A mild start uh, to the day. Temperatures ranging between 4 and 7 Celsius across all three counties. But we're hanging on to the cloud for a time and also that northeasterly breeze. So it's actually feeling a bit chilly. Further north you go though, we could actually get some brightness this morning. And later on this afternoon, the cloud should start to 
thin and break. We may get some sunny spells later, but the maximum temperature is struggling up into double figures, getting up to 10 Celsius, 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now, overnight, if we've got any cloud left by then, it will eventually disappear. Clear skies, lighter winds leads to one or two mist and fog patches developing, but also perhaps down to zero. The more shelter spots could get across tomorrow morning. But it is a murky start to Wednesday. It will lift quite quickly by nine o'clock. We should start to see the sunshine by then. Lighter winds and feeling much milder in the sunshine. We're looking at a maximum temperature tomorrow at 13 Celsius, 55 degrees in Fahrenheit. That's your forecast. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that trip down memory lane as much as I did. Catherine? Yeah. Okay. Every weekday from three, why would anyone buy a mattress off the back of a van? Roberto Peroni. How do you keep a straight face? That is so funny. A professor from the University of Bedfordshire has followed in the footsteps of Indiana Jones. Weekdays from three. It's the family and lifestyle debate. Got an hour discussing business and finance. It's our politics panel discussing how politics affects us. Later in the show, it's all about the entertainment world. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Okay, guys, got some exciting news. The big tour is back! Do you want to go? We Tempstead. And it's where people have been telling us how long they've been waiting to get their pub back. The Swan is Grade 2 listed, which has meant it's taken longer to get work up and running. The builders are in now. Building consultant Philip Spencer's been showing our reporter, Tara Gungafel, what they're up to. Just come into the bar now. We can see that we've taken out some of the soft furnishings which were badly affected by water. We're in the main bar area here, which you can see is uh, temporarily propped at the moment. Part of this ceiling was badly affected by the fire up above and obviously water from the, the fire brigade. And, uh, and you can see sections of the ceiling here have come down. We've got mould growth developing um, at the lower levels. And we are now standing immediately beneath where the seat of the fire was. A lot of the plaster work has sagged and bellied down. And similarly in the main bar area, we've got the similar problems of um, the ceilings ready to collapse. We're just going to move upstairs now. So watch your, your step up here. This is coming up into the living accommodation up above the pub. And you can start smelling the, the, where the smoke has been. And mind your head as you come through, we're stepping through into the which was originally the bedroom, and this is where the fire actually um, took a hold. It would appear to have started on the windowsill. It may possibly have been a cigarette or potentially candles. It was a very fortunate situation in that um, there was actually a person sleeping in here at the time, um, the daughter of the, the previous publican, and the smoke, we believe, managed to exit out through the doorway because it was an ill-fitting door and activated the smoke alarm. But this area was a very bad area of, of devastation and... There, by the grace of God, there could have been fatalities. And you can see, looking around here, the whole of the roof has actually been burnt away, very badly charred timbers. And as part of um, the investigations, you'll see that we've got some original timber framing to the building. And set within these, we've got what's called wattle and daub panelling. And these panels have been set within the, the main timber frame. There are a number of them that are still partially intact. 
and these are the very historic parts of the building which Mr Building Control are very keen to make sure that we try and preserve and keep in situ. We need to lift up the timber floor we're standing on at the moment which is saturated and we need to dry these um, in control conditions so that we can reinstate them. So these will be reused because they come with the building? The, these are historic parts, you'll see they're very, very wide floorboards, um, they're part of the original building so we will be uplifting these, we'll be numbering them, we'll be taking them off site and control drying them so that they don't all curve and belly and when they're at a suitable moisture level we'll bring them back into the building and they'll rest in the building for a bit to get the humidity to the same as the building and then we will refix them back in the same place that, they, that we've taken them up from. And what we'll be looking to do is effectively reinstate as much as possible like for like. From your experience of doing work like this how long do you think it would take uh, forget planning applications forget all of that to actually get it back to how it was? If you if we were to give the green light to go today and we've got the contractor all in place to go ahead and do it the actual amount of works on site there's got to be at least I would say 12 weeks work actually on site. Well let's speak to Sally Sharbrook who can't wait to move into the pub can you Sally? Uh, no, we're definitely looking forward to it. What, so, so when have you got a date? What's what's going to happen? Um, hopefully end of July, early August. The contract for the pub was signed a couple of days before the fire, is that right? Um, we were actually due to, to exchange and complete, um... yes, a couple of days beforehand. And it must be uh, very disconcerting. All of your uh, um, belongings are in a storage container outside the pub. They are, yes. We've recently moved into the village. We're now renting a flat, so we have got a few of our, our pieces, bits and pieces out. But yes, the majority of all of our, our life is in there. <laughs> What's it been like, Sally? How's it felt? Um, it's been very soul-destroying at times. Um, but we are actually... The, the community have been brilliant, and um, yeah. that's what's really kept us going. It wasn't about any pub we were going to buy. It was definitely always going to be the swan. Um, and the community have just been so positive. What's the there. first thing you're going to do when you get in that boozer? Have a big party. <laughs> there we go. Well, Sally, listen, give us a call when it's uh, before you open and we'll give it a big plug on air, OK? That'd be brilliant. And we Thank wish you, you the very, much. very best of luck. Thank you very much indeed, Sally Sharnbrook. It must be very frustrating. It's a bold move to take on a pub, isn't it, Catherine? Oh, yeah. Sorry? Oh, yeah, that's my disbelief. <laughs> All right, Rick Mail. <laughs> Calm down. We haven't done any of the papers... But should we, I mean, do you want to, should we, uh, should we play a record or do you, we get, give us one story. Three and four children are at risk from eating too much salt. Thanks very much. The Hidden Menace. Like a sound you hear that lingers in your ear, but you can't forget from sundown to sun.
very sage advice, Catherine. Actually, it's advice I shall hold on to. Yes, please do. We've not really done any of the papers, but I don't mind that. Let, I'm let me... surprised by this, though. This thing about the salt. Oh, you're going back to the salt one, eh? And I hate to do this because I love this song. Oh. Hang on. What was this an advert for? Don't know. Go on, quickly do the salt, because I remembered one thing I Two slices to... of wholemeal bread's got one gram of salt in. Whoa. Wholemeal, healthy, right? Yeah. Two slices of white bread, 0.7 of a gram, so it's got less salt in. So we should all be eating that cheap plastic bread. How much has salt, how much salt has salt got in? Loads. Hey. So there's a, fe- there's a picture here, page, um, oh, page seven of the sun, it's in a couple of other papers. Uh, an anti-racism MP... Happily poses for a photo with his son, who is blacked up to look like Michael Jackson. Well, he's too black for Michael Jackson. So, there's this MP here, uh, Labour politician Ian Lavery, 51. Uh, his son is uh, Ian Jr. What? Why? Well, Judy is an American thing, and why would you call it... Ian is an awful, awful name. But his son is blacked up as Michael Jackson. Is that racist? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's silly. I don't think it's like the traditional Mickey-taking version of blacking up that we all think of. But we're white folks. Have we got a right to say? I guess it's how it's done, isn't it? Let's, uh, what's Sophie up to this morning? Is she, at, she, is she busy? Can we get her to do something? She's there or thereabouts. We can give her a shout. Let's get Sophie on this and also your calls, please. There's a young lad. He's blacked up as Michael Jackson. He's being accused of being a racist. Is he? Also, we need to talk about Ian. Vegetarian Ian. Oh, oh yes. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, on the roads, first of all, the M1's very busy southbound. Uh, 10 to 7, Luton to Hemel Hempstead, we've seen on camera. Anti-clockwise is uh, slow moving on the M25. Uh, 27 to 25 through the roadworks, and it's also now picking up from uh, Junction 21 down towards 17 on that anti-clockwise carriageway. And the A1, that's slow moving into London from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. A1M, by the way, slow past Stevenage, as you'd expect this time of the morning. And Chilton trains disruption still towards London because of a broken down train at Prince's Risborough. James Wally, BBC three counters radio thank you very much james sorry i didn't give you much time i'll let you breathe next time is it racist to black up at a fancy dress party i'm not sure local and vocal across beds hearts and bucks this is bbc three counties radio It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Buckinghamshire Small Business criticises the government. £600 a week for Luton Busway sign and search continues for missing plane. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew, citing cost and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. David Knowles Leak chairs the Federation of Small Businesses in the Thames Valley. The process for procurement very often ends up being more expensive than the value of the goods, let alone the profit you make out of it. I'm amazed they spent £2 million on it and came out, because that sounds like a, a fairly big exercise, but the Thames Valley is full of people who've given up trying to sell to uh, local government and government generally because of the process. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council says it doesn't want to spend the money, but driver stupidity means they have to. More from Matt Lockwood. 
The electronic signs saying busway no entry has been installed at the New Bedford Road entrance to the guideway. Services have been disrupted after drivers have been directed onto the busway by their sat-nav and in some cases when vehicles have been deliberately driven along it. A penalty system is in place according to Luton Borough Council and drivers could face a fine of up to £1,000 for ignoring the signs. Police control rooms in Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire could be run by 148 to save millions of pounds, the BBC has learned. It's understood the centre for the three could be based at Huntingdon, the headquarters of Cambridgeshire Police. Combining the three could save up to £7 million. The plan was due to be made public in April. Malaysia Airlines says the focus for the search for the passenger plane, which went missing over the weekend, has now moved to the west coast of the country. The flight, with 239 people on board, vanished as it flew from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. The headquarters of Cambridgeshire Police Combining the three could save up to £7 million. The plan was due to be made public in April. Malaysia Airlines says the focus for the search for the passenger plane, which went missing over the weekend, has now moved to the west coast of the country. The flight, with 239 people on board, vanished as it flew from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. Celia Hatton in Beijing says the Chinese government has been stung into action following criticism it wasn't doing enough to help. The Chinese military has also redirected 10 of its high-resolution orbiting satellites towards uh, the area where the plane is believed to have gone down. And of course, the Chinese government has also announced a, a fairly comprehensive package to help relatives who had people on that plane. MPs will vote on a controversial measure this afternoon, which would give the health secretary greater powers to close local hospital services. Labour claims that Bedford and Milton Keynes hospitals would be placed at risk. Multi-million pound improvements to the M1 at Junction 10 mean a new contraflow system comes into force this morning. The new traffic management system on the M1 Spur Road between junctions 10 and 10A will last until early June. And Cheryl Cole has confirmed she's returning to the X Factor as a judge. She left the panel in 2011 before a short-lived spell on the American version of the show. In sport, conference leaders Luton go to second place Cambridge tonight as they close in on automatic promotion. The Hatters are 15 points clear. Cambridge manager Richard Money has conceded Luton will win the title. The weather, mostly cloudy this morning, sunny spells this afternoon a maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The village itself is quite ancient. The original settlement here was 2,000 years ago Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a historic vibrant village community so it's a great place to live. All this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. Great for small children if you've got a young family. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's telling me to turn right. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. We've, we're an hour through the show already. We're zipping by. Time gets faster the older you are, doesn't it? And that, that makes me sad. That makes me very sad. Lots to talk about this morning, including Bedfordshire Chief Constable Colette Paul will be joining us to tell us exactly how she's dealing with allegations that two of her officers assaulted a man with the mental age of five. 
An Aylesbury firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. If you run a small company, how difficult is it? And the Luton to Dunstable busway is at the centre of another row. They've put up an electronic sign that costs, wait for it, 600 quid a week. And is it racist to black up as Michael Jackson at a fancy dress party? Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's telling me to turn right... Now, back in January, the Prime Minister promised to get out of the way of small businesses by cutting red tape. Well, it's not happened soon enough for one firm from Aylesbury. Buddy is a supplier of those tags that they stick on your ankle if you've been naughty. They currently do that for police forces and were shortlisted to provide tags for the Ministry of Justice, which is a huge deal. Could be a big gig, but... After spending £2 million on the bid, they decided it's best to pull out. Sarah, Muddy, uh, Sarah Murray sorry, is Buddy's chief executive. Morning, Sarah. Morning, Ian. Now, this, this must be incredibly disappointing. It is. Very frustrating. What was the £2 million for? What, what, how, where did that go? We've had to provide hundreds of thousands of pages of documentation. So we had a team of about 25 people in the whole company. Pretty much everybody at some point was involved in writing paperwork for the MOJ. And what went wrong? What happened? Um, this process is going on and on and on. We still had no sight of a contract. Uh, and the MOJ wants us to continue working without getting any pay, continue handing over uh, prototype kit, etc. And it just doesn't make commercial sense. Did they give you a, a, an end date at all? Or was it? did it just seem to be relentless? Well, the contract's already delayed by about 14 months, so we passed the end date several times. The last end date was October last year, and we had a new end date, which is in a couple of weeks' time. No chance of that happening. So it's a, you know, it's an, an indefinitely changing thing. Have you had a response from the government? What have they said? No response. Oh. How rude. <laughs> what do you feel? Yes, it's, it's a shame. It's frustrating. What do you feel about the government procurement process, especially? Is, is it biased towards bigger firms, do you think? It certainly is. I mean, in our space, it doesn't make any sense at all to have a national procurement. The idea of a national procurement is it saves money for the taxpayer. But in this case, we're wasting about £50 million a year on large companies when we could do the same work for, for less than half what is being spent. What would you like to see changed in the future, Sarah? I'd like to see civil service processes change for a start, and I'd also like to see tagging and allow regional police authorities to choose who their suppliers are themselves and procure it themselves. I mean, 36 out of 42 of them are already working with us. Our tags are already working across most of the country. I'd let them just choose their own. And uh, am I right the government are now going with Capita and, and you would be much cheaper than them? That's right, yep. The government has signed a new contract with Capita to um, continue with G4S and Zerco tags, so the same tags that are currently being used. They'll be used for at least another year. Um, if we were to provide the newer technology, which actually works and provides locations, we'd do it for less than half of what is being charged. Sarah, it's very frustrating. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you, Sarah Murray, Buddy's Chief Executive, 08459 555. I'm joined now by David Liddington, MP for Aylesbury. Frustrating situation, isn't it, David? 
Absolutely, and, and, and all the more so because I mean, I've talked to Sarah over recent years and her colleagues. I've seen Buddy's product. I know that they do a really first-class job. This is an enterprising, dynamic small business, and, um, you know, it's incredibly disappointing to, to see this particular you know, project hit the buffers in this way. It doesn't look good either for the government's record of supporting small businesses. This, this could have been a flagship project for that scheme. Yeah, I mean, it, it, is, it is dismaying. Um, I mean, there's obviously a, you know, a tension inherent in any government procurement between the economies of scale you get with a, a big business um, and the, you know, the, the, the certain flexibility the, that you, you get with small businesses, apart from the fact, of course, you know, the great majority of companies in the three counties area and in Britain generally, are small employers. They're not the big guys. So it's important that procurement rules are got right so that the small businesses get a fair uh, fair crack of the whip. And I I do want to talk to Sarah further to dig into the detail of what's gone on here. I think think that there's a, a case for making Buddy's experience something of a case study. I'm certainly willing to take this further with um, ministers, both at the Ministry of Justice and with ministers on the economic side of the government who sort of set the rules for uh, procurement overall. Is it true you've been in contact with uh, Chris Grayling, Justice Minister? Yeah, I mean, both I and my, my colleague Anna Subri um, you know, represents um, another buddy um, location up in the Midlands have been um, lobbying on behalf of buddy with Chris Grayling um, and his officials. And, you know, we, we probably need to return to the charge having heard what Sarah has said. We just had an email. Let me just uh, read some of this email that's been uh, sent in from uh, Annington Ormond. Ian, I was uh, interested to hear Mr Nosley's comments earlier. He mentioned that European rules were partly to blame for this company's woes. It's precisely this type of hidden legislation issued via directives from the EU that causes such anger on the part of UKIP. Uh, Every part of business life is affected by this. How much of it is Europe's fault, would you say, David? I think one needs to go into the detail of this case before we have, uh, you know, established whether this is down to the need to follow you know, overall rules on EU procurement or not. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to jump the gun and sort of provide a detailed explanation for what's happened in Buddy's case without talking it through with Sarah and going into the detail. And actually, you know, you look at what various European countries do, um, and, you know, you can find ways in which to make sure that small and medium businesses get a fair deal and, and, and find it easier to get to grips with uh, you know, government contracting. And, yeah, in fairness, you know, this government, other governments in the past have made an effort to try to simplify their procurement processes to help small businesses. Now, you know, clearly this has not gone right in Buddy's particular case. We need to look into the detail. I need to sit down with Sarah and her colleagues and talk this through. And then we need to take this further and learn the lessons and try and, try and get an improvement. David, we'll speak to you again in the future, no doubt. David Liddington, uh, MP for Aylesbury. We'd love to hear from you this morning if you are a small business. How difficult is it? Are you caught up in red tape and bureaucracy that makes it almost impossible to advance, to make any money, to grow? 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, there's, uh... You're all right, Catherine. You're very talkative today, aren't you? I'm just fueling you. <laughs> you. In many ways, Catherine, you do. You fuel me with the uh, the desire to, to strive for, for better. 
to get out of here. Yes, that's correct. That's, that's, that's pretty much. We got some, we got some texts on Michael Jackson. There's uh, front, uh, the page seven. Sorry, of the Sun. It's in some of the other papers. Anti-racism MP poses for pick with sun blacked up like Jacko. You know it's bad, bad, really, really. You see what okay. they've done there? Yes. An anti-racism MP happily poses for a photo with his son, who is blacked up to look like Michael Jackson. Two things here. His son is massive. I mean, he's a big lad, both in height and indeed girth. Labour politician Ian Lavery, 51, was snapped with 25-year-old Ian Jr. Why would you... Why, I so good they named him twice. I don't get the junior thing anyway. It's an Americanism. We don't like that over here. Or the but second, all, they could have called him. Yeah, well, <laughs> Ian Lavery the second. Do you remember, um, uh, do you remember uh, James Bond the third? No. Do you not remember him? No. Who knows what programme he was in? He was in um, Tra-la-la-la-la, the, the Red Hand Gang. Oh, I vaguely remember the Red Hand Gang. OK. I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you, so I would have thought you would have done Anyway. Shut and up. also, Ian is a dull name. It's a really dull name. Why, would you pass, why, why wouldn't you curse my children with the name Ian? It's a safe name. Yeah, exactly. He was... Po- he was uh, anyway, it's a picture of his uh, son blacked up like Michael Jackson. Well... Uh, well, as, in as, the style of Michael Jackson, as Maffin Hanslope says, how ironic! Jacko spent a fortune trying to look look white. Barry says the Jackson story. Are we saying that only black people can fancy dress black celebrities? What a load of rubbish! I think that is what is being suggested. <laughs> I what well, I've mentioned this before. I was going to go on Stars in Their Eyes. I was offered to go on Stars in Their Eyes years ago, and I uh, wanted to be um, Beyonce, and they said no. And I think I, I think they said they didn't want men being women, but they've had men being women, so it must they've have had been a Beyonce race. since as well. And he won, didn't he? And also. I remember Ant and Deck blacking up as two old black women for their Saturday night takeaway. So I don't know. I don't think it's... As as an employee of the BBC, I would probably think twice, three times, four times about it because that stuff can be held against you by by the the, the mirror and the mail. And we're not talking golly-type makeup either, are we here? Because that, I mean, that clearly is... I don't think it's that racist. Not on these days. 08459 455555. Plus... Yes. Listen, I'm from Manchester. Yeah, I know. A lot of my relatives, when they go out on a weekend, yeah, they've got so much tan on, they pretty much are. Do you know what I mean? Well, they're, they're more like look more like umpa lumpas. <laughs> it's that orange kind of glow, isn't it? We'll do the busway text in a little bit. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Would you go to a park? I guess the question is, would you black up? There's the question. For whatever reason, fancy dress part. Well, what other reason would there be? I don't know. Well, I suppose there might be. I remember at college, friends of mine um, going as the A team, and there was a BA. No, no, white guy's a BA. Yeah, yeah. I'm... And we all thought it was hilarious, but not because because he looked really like him, but not because it was a white guy blacking up. Remember... Blacking up wasn't wasn't the pivotal moment of that costume. I remember Paul Delake blacking up for a fancy dress party, and um, he did it with boot polish. Couldn't get it off. Couldn't get it off. Very, very black. I, I, is it? Is it racist? 08459 555. Would you go to a party blacked up? Uh, and uh, vice versa, if you're a black person, would you white up? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a look on the M25, anti-clockwise heavy through the roadworks, 27 to 25, approaching Enfield. And then patchy delays from 21 all the way down to 15. That's the M1 down to the M4, we can see on camera. The M1 itself, very heavy, southbound 11 to 9, usual delays there, I would say. And it's uh, usual congestion on the southbound A1M, passing Stevenage. Busy into London also on the A1 from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Chilton trains in towards London, disrupted because of a train that's broken down at Prince's Risborough at the south 
southbound line is blocked, so trains may be delayed by up to a half an hour or indeed cancelled. There's a half-hourly shuttle service running Ellsbury to Princess Risborough and buses also running Princess Risborough to High Wycombe. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Where's my heads? 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 Shall I do the old heads? Shall I do the old heads? There's my heads! There's my heads! A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew, citing cost and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council blames drivers' stupidity. And in sport, Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster this evening in the football games. BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. I wait 459 555 is the telephone number should you wish to uh, give me a call. Uh, we're talking about this busway as well. We've had some busway texts. There's a sign that costs £600 a week. A week! To, um, to basically tell drivers, don't drive down here. Don't drive here! Chris has uh, texted in. If that sign is costing £600 a week, why not get rid of it and pay someone £300 a week to stand there with a red flag and a loud hailer? It would give someone a job and be a cost-saving too. You could have two for £600 a week so they don't feel lonely doing it. Uh, Ian, maybe my maths is wrong, but if the cost is £600 and the fine is £1,000, then if only one person a week does it, that's £400 an idiot profit. Tax the thick. Math in Hanslope. Well... 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call about that, it does seem quite ridiculous. Would you want to stand there with a, with a red flag and a loud hailer? 300 quid a week? Would you be up for that? You fancy doing that? Well, since it opened last year, there's been a steady trickle of motorists coming a cropper on the Luton to Dunstable busway. It's a busway! You're not supposed to drive there! It's obvious! 600 quid a week is being spent on the site every week by Luton Borough Council. They claim they don't want to spend the money, but drivers ignoring previous warnings mean they have to. Well, our reporter Sophie Solaria is near the flashing matrix sign for us this morning. Morning, so. Well, I was by the flashing matrix sign. I'm now on a bus, Ian, because it was getting a bit cold. Oh, for goodness sakes. Man up, woman. Uh, <laughs> have you caught anyone ignoring the sign this morning, Sophie? Not yet, no, Ian. It's been quiet. Only buses on the busway this morning. But I have been told on authority 
that it does happen. Wow. Well, we, I, I get sent pictures of it almost yeah. every week. Yeah, and people are lessening press. I've been speaking to people this morning, and they want people to get a cheaper alternative to the sign, but don't drop the sign nonetheless, because there is an issue. Well, I don't know why it needs to be 600 quid. Why can't you just make a sign and put it there? This is exactly what people are saying, or, or even hire somebody for £500 a week, somebody suggested, um, to stand there, and that's giving someone employment as well. Although I don't know what a person will be able to do. Well, no, a person could stand there... Waving. Yeah, just waving the flag, saying, Oi! Stop! Oi! Hey! <laughs> you muppet, you've gone the wrong way, back! Exactly. Who are you with, Soph? So, I'm with Jay. He's a bus driver, a well-known bus driver to our show. He's a friend of the show, in fact. Jay, thanks for joining me this morning. You've been a bus driver on L- Luton roads for years, haven't you? That's right, yeah. And so, and you drive on the busway a lot, don't you? All the time. So, you're quite a good person, a, a voice of authority, to tell us about incidents that you've seen in the past. What have you seen? I've seen vans going up the wrong way of the busway. I've seen cars stranded on the busway. I've seen... Uh, push bikes on the busway, I've seen kids playing chicken on the busway. That is, that's getting serious, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, but as I say, um, I hear that the sign's going to, the sign is a uh, problem at the moment with a £600 a week, and uh, I think it's worth the money in the long run, due to basically, uh, it's keeping, well, supposed to be keeping people off the busway, and if the council find the people that pass the sign, then they're going to recoup that money back. Fair play, Jay. And also tell us a bit about the disruption that it causes you to have people on your busway. Well, the problem it causes us, when the busway's shut, we have to go around the roadway. So then basically the express service we're supposed to run um, ends up being a normal bus service because we get held up by traffic. Big question is, though, is the £600 sign working? Uh, yes, it's cut it down by well over under half of the problems we had before. So, yeah, it's working. But as I say, if the council fine the people up to their £1,000 fine for going on there, then they'll recoup the money back for the sign. But then, as far as I am aware, the sign is just a temporary test. So um, if the test proves positive, I think the council will put their own sign up eventually. There you go, Ian. So actually, this is coming from somebody that, that experiences the problems on a daily basis and thinks the sign's worth it. Are you still there? Yeah, Sophie, I, yeah, no, we were... Were you even listening to me? Not technically, no. You weren't... Did well, you not hear my report? Could, I, I missed some of it. Could you do it? Who, who are you there with, Soph? Ian. Um, with Jay, he's the bus driver. Okay. He's a friend of the show and everything. Sophie. So stop listening if you don't listen to us. OK. Sophie Solaria is near the flashing Matrix sign for us this morning. Sophie, have you caught anyone ignoring the sign? No, Ian, I was at the flashing Matrix sign. Where are you now? now? on a bus with Jay, the bus driver, who says there's been loads of people okay. driving on the busway. Did you catch anyone ignoring the sign? Well, not personally, no. Okay. You've been speaking to people about the cost of the sign. What have they had to say about it? They said it was a really expensive sign. They said that they should get somebody else. I've done this. Okay. Who are you there with, Soph? I'm with Jay, the bus driver. Away you go. Ian. He's a friend of the show. I've done it already. He's, he has to go. I've, he's kicking me off the bus. Sorry, Jay. What does Jay Ian, reckon about the take sign? Take more coffee. Yeah. He said take more coffee, Ian. Yeah. What, what, is, what does Jay reckon about the sign? Jay, do you like the sign? Yeah, it's pretty. See, he likes the sign. Ask him, Sophie, what does he have to do when there are drivers when drivers drive up the busway? So when the, the drivers drive up the busway, like you said earlier, um, what do you actually have to do? Well we have a we have a like a an interlink radio to head office and we have to report it in. 
but then once problem is when the cars are on the busway and if a bus doesn't know it's on the busway and we pull behind the car we can't reverse back on the busway we not we can't reverse back with the buses there's no reversing backwards ian ian sorry right so Sorry, Sophie. So, since it opened in September last year, there's been a steady trickle of motorists coming a cropper on the Luton to Dunstable busway. Wait, so, I'm, I'm being... A he, mate, uh, he so, has to go... A, a matrix sign... I'll come to you in a second. A matrix sign was installed at the New Bedford Road entrance to the guided bu- uh, busway to stop drivers coming a cropper. Well, it's been revealed 600 quid a week is being spent on the sign every week by Luton Borough Council. They don't want to spend the money, but drivers ignoring previous warnings mean they have to. Well, our reporter, Sophie Solaria, is near the flashing matrix sign for us this morning. Morning, Soph! Well, off we bus, you ain't paid your fare. Come on, off. I've now been evicted off a bus because of you. I thought you were near the flashing sign. You know I wasn't on the flashing sign. I've just been thrown off a bus like some common criminal. And it's because of you. This is, this, is, this is supposed to be my career. This is my changing point to my life. And you're ruining it for me. People could be listening. Ian! Hello? Hello? I can't believe that Justin does this on a regular basis. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Seem to have uh, lost Sophie there. We'll get back to her later on and find out what the latest is by the uh, illuminated sign. Peter's in Wolverton. Morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Thank you, boss. What have you got for me today? Uh, I heard yesterday that you were uh, trimming your... Ear hair. I shaved my earlobes and I shaved a little bit inside my ears, yes. Um, well, don't do that. Pluck, uh, because over a few years you will eventually overpluck and you won't have any more trouble. Just by shaving, you will increase the forest. Oh, gosh. Am I going to get thick, hairy black ears? Yes, indeed, indeed. People will be able to see you coming miles away because you've got curlers in your ears. Oh, man alive. I don't need that. No. Do, are you a plucker? Uh, indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> steady, yeah, steady. Yeah, yeah, steady. Good, right. right. Well, what else you got for me, Peter? And, and the other thing, uh, the sat nav situation. I'm oh, going up the drop of the busway. Yeah. Everybody blames the sat nav. Now, why couldn't Luton Council, when they spent fifty million pounds on constructing this uh, situation, think ahead? There's going to be idiots that will blame the sat nav. I have seen. Huge lorries get stuck down narrow roads uh, in towns and country lanes. I was following the sat-nav. I once saw a coach on a hairpin bend in Wales rocking because it couldn't get round the hairpin bend and it was full of passengers out loud. Oh, I was following the sat-nav. What a shame that people have not... that Their common sense has gone out of the door and they just look upon an electronic device as a lifesaver. My sat-nav is really, really old. It's probably about nine, ten years old, OK? So it's a big, fat one, and all of the maps are out of date. So it hasn't got a lot of one-way streets, it hasn't got a lot of streets that have been closed off, and it, it's forever telling me to go the wrong way in one-way streets. And do you know what? I use common sense, and I don't do it. You're I, I use the sat-nav as a guide. If I see a sign that says, don't go up this road, I don't go up it! But how many people they put the sat-nav first and common sense last? But, well, Peter, I know you're, a, you're a, a, a very kind soul, but I'll say it for you. People are idiots. 
Well, yes, thank you very much. Peter, lovely to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> 08459 is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. If you're using a sat-nav, okay, you need to use common sense. Do people really just blindly follow their sat-navs and do exactly as, as they're told? It's telling me to turn right. Now, yeah, well, it says, obviously he does, but most people, they, you use common sense, don't you? My sat-nav's constantly telling me to go the wrong way because it's so old. I'm not paying to update the maps. I use common sense. I look at the roads. The sat-nav's a guide, OK? It's, a, it's not my master. 08459 455 555. Sat-navs, blacking up. We've got everything this morning, haven't we? Right, it's coming up to 7.29. Let's get the latest travel news now. Here's James. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. And still problems for Chiltern trains heading from Bister North and Ellsbury down through Princess Risborough towards London Marylebone. It's because of a train that's broken down blocking the southbound line through Princess Risborough. Delays of up to an hour, and, uh, up to a half an hour, rather, uh, and some trains may be cancelled. Uh, rest of public transport looking good at the moment. It's on the roads, well, usual congestion on the M25, anti-clockwise 27 to 25 is very slow through the works, and then it's busy in patches from 21A all the way around towards 16 down to the M40. Usual congestion on the A1 M passing Stevenage, southbound at 7. Biggleswade, well, the southbound stretch there, Biggleswade north to south is very heavy on the sensors, and it's also busy into London at Mill Hill Circus. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much, James. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew, citing cost and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council blames driver stupidity. And Malaysia Airlines says the focus for the search for the passenger plane which went missing over the week has now moved to the west coast of the country. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. An important night of football, certainly in the conference, where leaders Luton go to second place Cambridge. The Hatters are 15 points ahead. Manager John Still is looking at the bigger picture, though. I understand, you know, football supporters... You know, the manager side of it is, you know, I think it is different because all, all I want to do is win the league. You know, whether I beat Cambridge or don't beat Cambridge, of little interest to me. Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster with Fernando Forestieri and Lewis McGugan set to return to the squad. Beppe Sanino's Hornets are seven points from the playoffs with a game in hand. To be honest, I don't know the table. I don't know how many points we, we have. I stressed in the past. In terms of Watford, I'm, I'm focused on, on, the, on the next game. In League One, Dean Bowditch could start for the Milton Keynes Dons at bottom club Notts County after signing a new one-year contract. Carl Robinson signed her back in playoff contention with Peterborough at home on Saturday. Now we've got to go to Notts County. It's massive now. Big, big 48 hours for us as a football club and uh, I'm, I'm excited by what we can do. We've put ourselves in, in with the next two games being really important and that's all I can ask of the group. 
Stevenage host manager Graham Westley's former club Preston and will be without midfielder John Massinho who's on loan from the visitors and in League 2 Wickham will be without the injured Paris Cowan Hall and the suspended Josh Scowan for tonight's visit of Plymouth and there's full commentary on Luton, Watford, MK Dons and Stevenage on tonight's Three Counties Sport from 7. In the Champions League Arsenal go to Bayern Munich trailing 2-0 from the first leg in the Southern League Premier third place St Albans drew 0-0 at Biggleswade last night tonight leaders Hemel Hempstead host Cambridge City, second place Chesham go to Burnham and in racing the Cheltenham Festival starts today with the feature race the Champion Hurdle at 3.20. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at 8. Oh, excuse me. No, 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 beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Excuse me, excuse me. But what's great about that is when we play the travel bed, it sets off an electronic signal. So loads of people have tuned to us by accident. Quick, say something clever. I I know, we've got to do something good. What can we do that's amazing? Um, Kathleen, I know she's on the phone. Uh, a funny story? Uh, yes! Oh, nuts, we're going to lose them. Oh, no. What about, is there anyone that you've met recently that's famous that might keep people interested? Yeah, I mean, I I, I was um, hanging out with Mick Jagger the other night. I wasn't. Anthea Uh, Turner? No, not even her. Toby Anstis? No. Oh. Oh. Well, maybe we've got a good call that will keep them interested. Let's hope so. Oh, no, we haven't, but we do have someone else. Let's try this, then. Thank you. 08459 455 555. Is it racist to black up? Young lads blacked up as Michael Jackson at a birthday party. Um, he's being accused of being a racist. What do you reckon, Leslie and Luton? No, good morning. No, I don't think it's, it's racist. These people that come out with these sort of argument every time, especially on your radio and yeah. on other radios, there are white people that come out with, 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 with these um, um, arguments that they don't know much about black people. They don't know nothing about black people. To a black person, that wouldn't matter, you know. A black person wouldn't bother about that, right? And this, again, racist. You remember the, the film called White Chick? White Chicks? I've not seen White Chicks, no. What were the two um, 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 black guys? They are twin. I think they're Wayne or Dwayne, one of them. Yes. What, what right. happens in White Chicks? They blacked up. Sorry, they, they white up. Oh. Um, I mean, with um, as a as two white blonde girl. Okay, like Lenny Henry did in True Identity. Yeah, would yeah. you call that racist? I would not call that racist. No. Exactly. So why a, a white person want to black to go to a a, a fun party and and it became racist? And 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 and, and who are saying these things are racist? Because to black people, we wouldn't bother. We wouldn't give a monkeys about it. We're not bothering silly little things. Is is the intent behind it partly what could make it racist? This fella, it seems, he's just gone to a party and he's blacked up as Michael Jackson. Yeah, but if he had done if he had done it with with malice and was doing, um, you know, kind of, I don't know if you remember Jim Davidson had a, a comedy character called Chalky. Yeah, yeah, which I did not like. Well, well, if if he, and he got away with it, if he, if if this gentleman was doing a Chalky voice, uh, would that make it more offensive? Do you think? If he was doing, if he was doing it very badly, he'd have to do a good chalky. Yeah, if he was doing it very badly, yes, it would. Why didn't you like um, the chalky character of Jim Davidson? Because Jim Davidson was a racist. He even, yeah. he even. I've been in this country for a long time. I even, even turned around and said 
Well, you, you, you know, he done, he, he, he done some racist jokes okay, okay, in the past. Okay, Let, let's just be careful because Mr. David's not here to defend himself, and I'm sure he would probably deny being a racist. So let's just be careful with the accusations. But was the, was the character of Chalky racist? Well, he was a he was a white guy. Don't know nothing. He couldn't even he, he couldn't even speak the um 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 the uh, the accent anyway. Right? But that doesn't and, make and it. That doesn't make it Ian, racist. Does that make it racist that, that, that Jim Davidson couldn't do the accent Ian, properly? Yes, Leslie. Ian, in 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 those days, everyone was at the bandwagon. There were Irish people who there was English people who, who knocking who knocking um, Irish people, knocking Chinese people. It it, it you know it it, it it was a it was a culture in them days. Did that mean it was okay? No, it wasn't okay. We all ate it, but. But there was there's no there wasn't anyone the BBC or the ITV or whatever station weren't cracking down on these things in them days because it was a culture. Leslie, I'm I'm guessing from your voice that you are black. I am a Jamaican. You're Jamaican. How did it make you feel in the seventies and the eighties seeing that kind of humour on mainstream television? Very very angry. Tell me why. Because white people was the only one that can go and get away with these things. You didn't see black people imitated white people or any other race. And is there a difference? You mentioned um, the uh, hit comedy White Chicks. What's the difference between what they were doing and what, say, for example, Jim Davison was doing? Well... I know there is a difference. I'm just trying to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is a big difference. Uh, what they were doing, they were playing a, a part on, with decent taste. Mm. Right, there, there wasn't any any, any uh, part of racism are 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 trying to be someone that they ain't. Well, they were trying to be two white women, which they ain't. Yeah, yeah, but they're but, two black but men. That was yeah, but that was only a temporary um um cause because temporary situation they were in, in some sort of detective um 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 play scene. Oh, so they were detectives undercover. Yes. Okay, so they 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 were um, uh, whited down. Yes. Okay. Leslie, I really appreciate your thoughts on this this morning. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Leslie and Luton there. Now, he's a black man saying it's not racist to black up as Michael Jackson. And I don't think it is. It is quite often white middle-class people that go, oh, no! Oh, no, you can't do that. That's so offensive to black people. Interesting. Thank you, Leslie. 08459 455 555. What are your thoughts on it? I don't think it is that bad. I mean, it looks a bit silly. Is it that bad? If he's not going around doing the chalky voice, then it's not that bad, is it? 08459 455 555. Dawn says that surely it's... If that's racist, then surely it's offensive to wear blonde wig or mimic anyone. What is so offensive about black skin? And Veggie Ian from Milton Keynes. Oh, our vegetarian. Turn vegetarian for a couple of weeks while I'm a meat eater. If I stay a meat eater, he does know he has to stay vegetarian, doesn't he? That's been explained to him. I hope so. He says, I don't see anything wrong with blacking up. I think people just get oversensitive. And Ian is a stupid name. You're right, Ian. And by the way, your, your uh, little baby is beautiful. We've seen all the pictures. Uh, 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 Ian, we need to talk about Ian. Why? He seems to be surviving on fried eggs. Well, that's his Not problem. the idea, is it? That's his problem. I'm worried about his health. If he spends a week eating fried eggs yeah. um, and something happens, we liable? Uh, uh, you are. Well, it wasn't producer. my idea. Well, I know, but And is producer. she just upset the 
universal balance. I don't, don't remember if you remember uh, Ross and Brand. Uh, uh, Ross stayed and the producer didn't. I don't think anyone stayed, did they? Ross stayed l- longer than anybody else. Oh. So Kelly, You're Ross in this scenario. Kelly needs to do a brand and uh, resign, because that's very dignified. Okay. And you will get, you'll get moved on somewhere else. Okay. Ian, don't just eat fried eggs. Can we please, please, please get some better yeah, okay. recipes for Ian? All right. Um, don't just have fried eggs. For maybe, me. Maybe you could have... Not um, for Ian, for me. Maybe um, you could have fried egg and chips. Yesterday he had uh, a fried egg... Bap, and then he had fried eggs with the Good chips him. and beans. Good you can get egg bound, though, can't you? That's yes. that's bad for you. Yes, you can. Carpet Mar- Martin suggested um, chips on toast again. Oh, chips on <laughs> chips sandwich. Overloading on beige. My boys, I treated my boys at the weekend. Uh, they like their eggs. I bought them a goose egg. Ooh. Oh, does you that bought- taste a little bit? No, it t- tastes goosey, goosey, goosey gander. It's nice. It's, it's massive. Uh, they couldn't believe it when they got goose eggs in front of them. You have to boil it for ten minutes. Right, and does it taste different, or is it just like an? Egg? It's, it's just an egg. You know, like really? goat's cheese and real cheese. You know, it cow's tastes, cheese. It tastes. I, tastes a bit goaty. I think it tasted different, but I think that was just my imagination. It was a massive egg. It's the size of this mug. Is the yolk orange? No, it's green, like their poo. This is the weird thing, right? Goose yolk is green, not like bright green, kind of like a sort of muddy green, mm. like their poo. Oh, that's why it's called Goose Green in Nottingham. Exactly. That's what that's what it's named after. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Roger's on the line. Morning, Roger. Good morning, sir. What have you got for me? Um, navigation systems. Yes, the old satellite navigational system, sir. Yes, check. Oh, one piece of technology in modern life where. We've forgotten it's a tool, and we've given over large chunks of our inherent intelligence yes, sir. to a piece of plastic and some electronics. Yep. I have one feature on my very primitive, by comparison, navigation system. It just points me at my target. What do you mean it just points orientation, you? Orientation, that's all it does. Over there, it says. So it doesn't give you the roads or anything? Well, it can. It's an extra feature. I oh. can navigate, and it will tell me to turn left and right, and all the normal. Well, it's like it's like um, the map system on um, Grand Theft Auto or something like that. Just you're going that way, son. Go on. Best of luck. <laughs> well, quiet. I mean, yes, it has a map. It shows me the street, various resolutions, depending. But basically, it's got a line that says your target's that way. Do you ever get the French woman doing the voice? Um, no, if anything, I'd probably put the German one on. Oh, really? On account of my personal relationships, which situation. Oh, oh, are you... Going... Meine Frau ist Deutsche. Oh, ja, das ist sehr gut, ja. Ja, das ist einfach klasse, ja. Wunderbar, ja. Ja, ich wohne in Slau, das ist in Südostengland. Ich bin eine 13 Jahre alt. Ich möchte ein Erdbeereis ohne Sahne, bitte. Entschuldigung, wie komme ich am besten zum Neue Rathaus? Ah, hm, hm. Zum Neue Rathaus ist über die Kreuzung auf der linken Seite, ja? Oh, danke schön, bitte. You realise you're losing audience in droves. Ja, but we're getting the German audience, Roger. That's what we want, the German punt. No, you're... Good morning, Deutschland, yeah. Entschuldigung, could you get to the point, please? Okay. Roger, anything else or shall I cut you off? Uh, we'll cut him off. Good call. Thank you, Roger. Always like, always nice to show off a little bit of German. Now, ladies, question. Hoping it will elicit an answer, response, that I can then, uh, in my own way, respond to, thereby instigating com- conversation. Do you know much about geocaching? Yes. No. I was going to start with you first, Kelly. That scuppered things a little bit. Hmm. Kelly, you're out. Oh. Catherine, you're through to the second round. What is it? Fun orienteering. Hey, for orienteering. Fornientering. <laughs> That's something else. 
That's when you stick a blanket into the woods. Now, so, because my friend is Scott. He keeps banging on. He says, do you want come on, mate, do you want to go geocaching? I go with my five-year-old son, but he really slows me down. Oh, competitive. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be fun. Well, isn't it just you get given a grid reference, yeah. right, and, or, or on your phone, and you go, and then you find a box. But there's no treasure in there. It's just a note saying, well done, you found the box. It's just bragging rights. Well, it's, it's a real-world treasure hunt. Actually. Oh, yeah. It's happening right now. This is off the top of my head. It's happening all around us. And I thought um, you didn't know about it, Kelly. No, I, I thought you me- meant something else. Oh, okay. Go on, I carry on. Know, I do know about it. Carry on. Uh, that's all I know. Oh so no, actually, I, I, I just scroll I down a bit. Do know some more? You can upgrade to geo catching. Is that what it's called? No. Premium. That you can. Da- okay. Geo catching. That oh, sounds fun. Dear, dear me. I mean, the things we have to put up with. Any of the new listeners, we would have got A from uh, me setting off the travel signal and B Roger speaking Alf Dame Deutsch. We've lost now. You oh. can press off the G- the travel signal again now. No, I don't do that. I'll get in terrible. Oh, I should do it. I will actually. Yeah. No, I won't. Hang on. So, is it worth doing, or is it is it just two blokes traipsing around a field looking for bits of paper under a tree? Are you going with Scott? Well, That's exactly what it will be. Oh, I'm not bothered then. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, problems on the clockwise M25. We've just been told about an accident earlier between 25 and 26. Uh, can't see it on camera, but we understand that the carriageway was down to just one lane and uh, it is fully open now, but it's left quite a queue on that clockwise M25 uh, through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise, 27 to 25, usual congestion there. And then it's uh, very busy anti-clockwise in patches from 21A all the way down to 16 towards the M40. Usual heavy traffic on the M1, southbound 12 to 11, Flitwick to Dunstable. A1M's very busy passing Stevenage on the London bound side and busy into London. Stirling Corner down to Mill Hill Circus. Chilton, an update now on their problems uh, down towards London because of a train that's broken down at Prince's Risborough. The southbound line is blocked and as a result delays of up to half an hour or indeed uh, cancelled uh, trains this morning. There is a shuttle service running Ellsbury to Prince's Risborough and buses are running High Wycombe to Prince's Risborough this morning. James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you very much. 7.46 or thereabouts. It's uh, Tuesday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew citing cost and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. And in sport, Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster this evening. The Hornets are seven points from the playoffs with a game in hand. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather grey and cloudy start to the day, but the cloud overnight kept things relatively mild. The temperature outside at the moment ranging between 4 and 7 Celsius, so relatively warm. The cloud's not budging too far very quickly and we've hung on to that northeasterly breeze, so actually it's going to feel fairly chilly as we head through the day. Maximum temperature getting up to 11 Celsius, 52 degrees in Fahrenheit. Now further through the afternoon, we should start 
start to see the cloud thin, we'll get some brightness, maybe even a break or two leading to some sunshine. Now, overnight, that cloud will continue to disappear, leaving clear spells. That's going to allow the temperature to drop and also mist and fog patches to form. The more rural locations likely to get down to zero, so we could actually get a sparkle or two of frost tomorrow morning. But also this mist and fog will linger at first as we head into Wednesday. Eventually, it will start to lift behind it, dry, mostly sunny and looking like the wind is going to fall lighter tomorrow as well, which means the temperature is going to climb. It's going to really feel quite pleasant tomorrow with a maximum of 14 Celsius. That's 57 degrees in Fahrenheit. And that's your forecast. Thank you very much. Tonight, the top two in the conference go head to head. Still bend there, Andre Gray, and scores! Oh, it's so, so easy for Andre Gray! Luton make the short trip to Cambridge, knowing a win will extend their advantage over their nearest rivals. And I know that if I can just keep things as they are, we give ourselves the best opportunity, and that's what I want to do. We'll also have commentary on Watford, MK Dons and Stevenage. And that one does find the net. All four games live in Three Counties Sport. Sydney goes for the top corner. What a goal that is! Tonight from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, we had a call about this uh, this morning, and um, it's a story we've been following closely. We've spoken before about the community bus service in Luton, which used to be provided by Dial-A-Ride. Well, you may remember that I was trying to broker a deal between the leader of the Borough Council, Hazel Simmons, and the provider of Dial-A-Ride, Dave Barrett. And they, they even got them to have a cup of coffee together. Well, the lack of funding has still not been resolved, and last night councillors decided to... Well, I've got no idea... Councillor Mahmood Hussain, because your press guy was supposed to send us a, a, a statement of what happened, and uh, he didn't. So, what happened last night? Well, uh, morning, first of all. Um, what happened last night, we had the three options that we had to make a choice. Can I explain to you? I mean, obviously, you, you know, every, your listeners would appreciate that we've got about a 50% cut in our budget. What happened last uh, night, Mahmood? So, we, we've taken the decision that we will be going for the option where we have got about £11,000 uh, uh, available and asking some of the voluntary sector or any of the providers to come up with some ideas where oh. those people that do not receive social care so we can provide them some sort of transport. So, hang on, you, you've, who are you asking for ideas? We're asking for a number of voluntary sector organisations as well as any of the providers who can um, start up a service with the, with the funding that we're offering. So it doesn't sound like you, you, you can't with anything, really, then. You're trying to fob it off to someone else. Is that right? Well, not fob it off to somebody else. I mean, we, you know, we are putting up about 11000 to to start up with something that they can, you know, uh, provide a service in the future. We haven't got any funding at all in our budget. But it does leave a lot of vulnerable people without transport, doesn't it? How can you justify that, Mahmood? Well, but we're not justifying any. But anybody, you know, who's receiving it, we will be looking at reviewing everybody's needs. There are people that are using these, these services who do have a social care needs as well, and they're receiving a social care. Those that receive social care, that is a statutory service by law we have to provide. What about the people... We'll continue to guarantee providing those people with the service. What about the people who don't get that social care, but will now be stuck well, in their that, homes? That's the one that we are looking at. We're continuing the service till May. In the meantime, we are looking at what alternatives can, that can be fi- found, and that's when the final decision will be made. Okay, but you're, you're quite happy with 
with the prospect of, of vulnerable people being stuck in their homes? Of course I'm not happy. I would never be. It's a choice. You know, do I close a one-day centre for the elderly or the people with a learning disability or continue with, you know, it is very difficult choices. I, I would hate to make a choice like that. Uh, but the reality of the world is that we haven't got, we, our funding has been cut by the, the government and we don't have the money. Mahmoud Hussain, Labour councillor on Luton Borough Council. Stay there for a second. I'm joined in the studio by Dave Barrett from South Bed's Dial-A-Ride. Dave, what did you make of what happened last night? I, I'm I'm amazed what's what's happened here over over the last six months. This is absolutely savage cut. Uh, I mean, this has been blamed on uh, on government cutbacks, and and Councillor Hussain just re- reiterated the figure of fifty percent cuts. Uh, the cut in this service, however, in uh, in, in six months has been ninety two percent. It's come down from over one hundred and thirty pound uh, one hundred and thirty thousand of support down to eleven. Uh, which will be running from 2014. That 11 effectively, uh, according to my calculations, buys the equivalent of one bus for one day a week. So your point about how many people are going to be left at home is very, very valid indeed. There's Ma- going to be hundreds. Mahmoud makes a, a, a good point, though. They, if he's got the choice, he's in an awkward position, isn't he? He's got the choice mm-hmm. of closing a daycare centre or mm-hmm. closing something else or, or, or cutting down on this bus service. Mm-hmm. Well, another choice that he could possibly make is removing that sign that you've been talking about that's costing £30,000 a year, because that, uh, that would triple the budget that is being planned for community transport in Luton for t- 2014. It'd triple it at a stroke with Ma- one, one sign. Mahmoud? Well, can, can I just say, I'm not too sure what the sign we're talking about, but... The sign at the Luton to Dunstable Busway that costs 600 yeah, quid a week. The busway, I mean, can I, you know, and repeating myself, that busway funding was given by the government only for busway alone. We couldn't use that funding for anything no, but, else. But the sign, so I don't think, is, the sign hasn't come... The sign, the sign is, being, is, is being funded by Luton Borough Council at the cost of £600 yeah. pounds a what week. I'm, what I'm saying is that there's been a lot of controversy in terms of the safety, and we have to take that into consideration. And for that's probably one of the reasons... I mean, I'm not very familiar what sign we're talking about. In neighbouring councils, Mahmoud, Central Beds and Bedford, people were asked to contribute to the service. Why didn't you look into that option? Well, we, we, we are looking at that, and, you know, if it is economically... It's, it's no use asking people to, to pay for something which costs so much that they can't afford to, to continue. We are looking at all the alternative before the final decision is made. That's one of the reasons we have extended the service till May. But, 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 but what Dave Barrett is saying, we would have continued the dialogue ride service until April this year. Uh, we were prepared to fund that, but it was the decision, and I was prepared... Uh, present at that meeting when the trustees of Daly Ride, persuaded by Mr Barrett, decided to to stop the service okay. and given us a let's 48 put, hours notice. Let's put that point that to... That is the reality and that is the truth. Mahmoud, let's put, that, know, let's put that point to Dave Barrett because he's here, Dave. Well, I've been to a number of meetings with Councillor Hussain over the last number of months and um, he... Um, I'm, I'm yet to see a, a, a form of leadership that is, is taking this forward uh, in, in a way that's going to help elderly people. I'm very, very concerned for for these people that are going to be left home. There are hundreds of people that, that are, will not be making thousands of journeys because of this. Well, it's easy to talk about numbers and things. Let, let's let's put a, a voice to this. We're joined on the line now by a gentleman who wants to be called Keith. Keith, you use this bus service. Tell me what your concerns are. Well, my concerns are quite clear that we had a very good service. Luton Borough Council, as usual, destroyed something that's good. And the lead councillors, and I underline the lead councillors, are not 
fit to function, any one of them. How important, Keith, is this bus service in your life? It's vital. It is a lifeline. Tell me why. Well, I can't go... Sh- I'm told, being, we're all being told, eight to, for eight to nine hundred passengers in Luton that use the used Dial-A-Ride, it is our lifeline. We're told to be independent, go shopping, go to your bank, go to... to um, Whatever shopping you need, um, and, everything, and go to the dental clinic. Can't do any of that now, thanks to Luton Borough Council, who are not fit to function. Mahmood? Yes. Can I um, um, I mean, I, I, you know. What's your I response to what? Care. What's your response to what yeah. Keith can just I said? I passionately care for the service, and I. What I would say to you that we will continue to do our best to be able to offer an alternative service that we can. In terms of the funding, we do not have the budget to, to continue the service. It's, it's his it, lifeline, it, it, Mahmood. It, it, it's his lifeline. Yeah. It's his contact with the outside world. Yeah, we will, be, we will be looking at all the alternatives, assessing everybody's needs, and those that receive the social care, there are a number of people, nearly half of them, receive some sort of social care, which are entitled to have that but Mahmood, as a statutory right. Mr Hussain, what about those that don't receive that social care but well, are dependent the, on the I, bus? I keep, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Don't you have a responsibility looking, to those people? Yes, of course we do, and we will continue to look at the alternatives. We are look, asking the voluntary sector to help us. At the end of the day, we will not leave anybody vulnerable to it. But the choices are very difficult because, you know, it's, do I close this day centre for the learning disability? Okay. You, That's the choice. You, you've made that. Dave, you, 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 you laughed at the point when uh, Mr Hussain said they won't leave people vulnerable. You don't believe that? I, I don't believe it at all. I mean, the, the, you talk, the figures are just... just stack the whole thing up you know 92 percent cut in this service uh, there are people going to suffer there are people who have been suffering the last six months the uh, the interim service has, has not been successful uh, and um, i mean one of the quotes i wrote down from councillor hussein last night when we we're in the actual meeting when he said we do not have the luxury of discretionary services so um, this is this is not only um, for this discretionary service almost the writing on the wall, but you know watch out every other discretionary service in Luton. Uh, are you worried that this is? I mean, he's saying the service will carry on until the end of April. Are you worried that this is it? That the end of April is gone? Oh, absolutely. This is this is the end. I mean, it was probably the end uh, a number of months ago. Um, the, uh, the as Councillor Hussain is, is explaining now, there is no plan for mm. the first of May. There is nothing to follow this other than 11,000 quid that is not going to go very far uh, to a voluntary sector that's not yet been identified and, uh, and a service that's not yet been um, fully out- outlined. Let's so. put the final word to you, Keith. What would you like to say? Well, I would like to say, and the question I would put to the nominal council, how is it that central Bedfordshire can provide a very good service through the excellent services of Dialeride Bedford Borough can run a door-to-door service, free to disabled people, and yet Luton, as usual, cannot do a damn thing and doesn't want to. Mahmood, you've got 30 seconds to answer that, please. Can I just say that our cuts are far worse than Central Beds and, and Bedford Borough. We are ground-dependent on the government, which is why we are affected far worse than anybody. But I, again, promise you that we will do everything in our power to look after any vulnerable... You do get quite a lot of money from Luton Airport, don't you? 
Yes, we do, and we use it to protect ourselves. Okay. Councillor, I'm I'm really sorry to cut you short. We have to end it there. We're out of time. I I, I hope you feel that you you got your point across there. That's Councillor Mahmoud Hussain. Thank you to Keith, not his real name. Dave, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, No doubt we'll speak about this at some point in the future. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The clockwise M25 is still partially blocked at the approach to Junction 26 Waltham Abbey with a serious accident we're being told. We had been told that both lanes or all, all lanes were open. That's not the case. Two lanes still shut. That's causing some lengthy queues from Junction 25. Southbound A10 as a result is queuing we've seen on the speed sensors and the A1 has uh, one lane blocked southbound between the Sandy Roundabout and the Radwell turn. It's because of overrunning roadworks. The southbound A1 is very busy and Chilton trains delay still through Princess Risborough. James Woolley, BBC 3 Counters Radio. Thank you, James. Gosh, suddenly it's eight o'clock. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about, including, well, £600 a week on a sign to stop idiot drivers driving up a busway. And is it racist to black up these days? Speak to you after the news with Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock. The headlines. Aylesbury Company criticises the government. Search for missing plane continues. And Bedfordshire Chief Constable's pledge over inquiry into alleged assault. BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury Company buddy withdrew, citing cost and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. The company's chief executive, Sarah Murray, says the winning bid will be more expensive than they would have been. The government has signed a new contract with CAPTA to um, continue with G4S and Zerco tags, so the same tags that are currently being used. They'll be used for at least another year. Um, if we were to provide the newer technology, which actually works and provides locations, we'd do it for less than half of what is being charged. In the past hour, police in Kuala Lumpur say they've identified one of the men who travelled on the missing Malaysian Airlines plane with a stolen passport. He's a 19-year-old Iranian, not thought to have any terrorist links. Malaysia Airlines says the focus for the search has now moved to the west coast of the country. Professor Graham Braithwaite is from the School of Engineering at Cranfield University. An aircraft like the 777 is used across the world. It's a very popular aircraft type and there's just no way we would accept not finding this aircraft. So even if it takes years, it will be done. It's conceivable it could take that time to recover wreckage. We saw that in the case of the Air France 447 accident a few years ago. I think that's unlikely. I think if it will be found, then something will be found relatively quickly. Bedfordshire's chief constable says the investigation into an alleged assault by two officers on a vulnerable man in Luton will be thorough and impartial. Colette Paul says the case of Farouk Ali will be investigated by Leicestershire Constabulary to ensure, in her words, a transparent investigation by a team unconnected to Bedfordshire Police. The chief constable will be on this programme in the next hour. Meanwhile, police control control rooms in Bedfordshire Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridgeshire could be run by one force HQ to save millions of pounds, the BBC has learned. It's understood the centre for the three could be based at Huntingdon, the headquarters of Cambridgeshire Police. Combining the three could save up to £7 million. The plan was due to be made public in April. 
MPs will vote on a controversial measure this afternoon which would give the Health Secretary greater powers to close local hospital services. Labour claims that Bedford and Milton Keynes hospitals would be placed at risk. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council blames driver stupidity. These people say it's too much. Maybe one in a thousand will occasionally go up, but they can put some illuminated sign, small one, instead of this display, which is totally waste of revenue. That sign doesn't even work. Like, if they're paying 600 quid a week, that sign should, like, do its job, but it's not even doing its job, so, like, they might as well take it off. Put an ordinary one up then with paint on it, so you don't go up there, rather than the flashing one. In sport, conference leaders Luton go to second place Cambridge tonight as they close in on automatic promotion. The Hatters are 15 points clear. Cambridge manager Richard Money has conceded Luton will win the title. The weather mostly cloudy this morning. Sunny spells developing this afternoon. A maximum temperature 14 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It looks like an extremely historic village. There's lots of ancient buildings, fascinating looking buildings. Inviting everyone to where you live. It just is still so quaint. It hasn't been overbuilt. All this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. Come and look at the old buildings, because they're very old. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past eight. It's nearly home time for me. I say home time. Breakfast time is what it'll be. I'll be eating a nice big posh breakfast somewhere. I'm not telling you where, in case you all try and come. No. Lots coming up between now and nine o'clock, including Bedfordshire Chief Constable Colette Paul will be telling me how she's dealing with the allegations that two of her officers assaulted a man with the mental age of five. An Aylesbury firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. And the Luton to Dunstable busway is at the centre of another row. Electronic sign costing £600 a week? A week? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. But before all of that, for some reason we're talking about geocaching. Lynn, are you a fan of the geocache? quite good fun. The, the children one is quite fun. So explain to me, my friend Scott is determined he wants me to do it. I think it sounds rather dull. What happens? Well, you, you get a grid reference and then you have a nice walk. Oh, gosh. You look for finding the, the, um, the geocache. Two of my least favourite th- things, grid references yeah. and nice walks. It's good for children. It gets them out into the fresh air and then they get a prize at the end because the, the children's geocache usually have something fun in it, like a sticker book or, a, you know, and pencils and things. And so what, but how, what happens if someone gets there before you and takes it before you? Well, you usually... The geocaches amongst themselves are pretty good, and they usually... If you take something from a geocache, you put something back. What? It's like the uh, honour system in WH Smith's, yeah, and that didn't is. work. Well, it seems to work in the geocache. I've never been to one where there's nothing, and, you know, children are disappointed. Is there... So we know there are children's geocaches. Are there... How can I phrase this? Yes, Adult there. geocaches. Yes, there are. And they're usually just, you know, you just put um, 
there's a piece of paper oh. in there and you just put Great Walk or whatever. Oh, oh okay. You Great know, Walk. It's not quite, you don't get such a, um, a treat. And is it buried in, in... I imagine it being buried under the uh, under a tree or something. Yeah, it usually is. Somewhere, you know, so it's not it, within sight. You have to look for it. Oh, so you can't... You, you don't dig or anything? No, no, no. It's usually, you know, um, tucked under a, I don't know, hedge or something. Oh, dear. It really sounds yeah. tedious. One is no, yeah. I'm not a fan of the, you know. <laughs> but when the, when my little boy was little, we used to do it quite a bit, and it was quite okay. fun because it makes you get out and walk. Oh, the, the, the getting out and walking is incredibly overrated. I, th- I find oh, it. No, it's lovely. When, nature. Out. Have you got any lined up, Lynn? Any geocaches lined up? No, I haven't because okay. my son's older now. But um, oh. I, we tend to go, to, you know, different things now. But when okay. he was little, it was great fun. Lynn, thank you very much. You've not quite sold it to me, but thank you very much indeed. 08459-455-555 is the uh, telephone number. Now, an Aylesbury company says that Red Tape has forced it to pull out of a huge deal to supply criminal tags to the Ministry of Justice. But while Buddy's questioning the government's commitment to small business, no-one's doubting its enthusiasm for bulky black anklets, tags. With prison space at a premium, it seems tagging is the future, and that's certainly the view of the uh, Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, who joins me in the studio. Morning, Ollie. Hi, Anne. You've been piloting a scheme tagging people before they burgle. How does that work? Uh, well, we've got uh, what's called integrated offender management in the county, which is... Uh, uh, integrated offender management? Yeah. OK. It, it brings together the police, probation, council, voluntary sector, um, all working together on some of the most persistent and prolific uh, offenders in the county um, and if you bear in mind that about 20% of offenders cause 80% of crime these are the people that um, IOM is working with yeah. uh, and part of the work that they do is the voluntary use of GPS tagging um, and it's voluntary because currently the, the legal situation is that it can't be used compulsorily now one of the things that I've been pushing for since I became commissioner is that we should be able to do it compulsorily. And that's what this government programme, uh, the, the retendering that they're currently doing, um, was meant to deliver. Because mm. currently, the only tags that you can use compulsorily are radio frequency tags, which enforce curfews. Right. But they don't track offenders um, when they're moving around. So with the ones that you're using... You can kind of can, you can log in and you can see oh look Steve That's right. Steve the knife's over there yep. and Tony Fingers is 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 there, there but you can see exactly where they are. You can. Wow, you can. it's voluntary though. So does it work in that case? Because if you're volunteering to to, to wear them, then, then you're obviously well, intent on making a, a lifestyle we, change. We look yes, that's right, that's right, that is right. But we and we looked at um, a group of fourteen offenders who were responsible for a total of four hundred and fifty nine crimes before they were tagged. Um, only one of them went off the straight and narrow while he was tagged. Oh, dear. Um, and he was only responsible for three offences. Yeah. So, yes, it's that's with the people who are saying that they want to change, but it had a dramatic effect that I think mm. you would you might not get quite the same dramatic effect using it compulsorily, but I think it would make a big difference, significant <laughs> difference. And so it is frustrating that um, the government is insisting on this massive bureaucratic exercise, this massive tendering mm. that, that Buddy haven't been able to, to cope with as a small and medium-sized enterprise, uh, and, and it's not delivering. 
uh, you know, the longer we go on, I would say there's an argument that the, we're getting people who are becoming unnecessarily victims of crime mm. because we're not making the best use of this technology you think that is available mm. and that we could roll out today. What are, we'll speak about Buddy in a second. What are the ethics of, of making it compulsory? If someone you know has offended in the past, but com- making them wear a tag... Well, it, this would be as part of a court disposal. Okay, so I they see. would be going to court, uh, they would be convicted, and part of the um, uh, sentence would be okay. that they, they would have to wear a tag. The other circumstances um, where it would be very useful and uh, where the, the police have been pushing for it um, is for people who get bailed. But again, we're talking about people who are persistent and prolific offenders. Some of these people who are caught up in the revolving door of the criminal justice system, where they just go round and round through mm. the criminal justice system. You know, I, I really believe that tagging would help break that revolving door of the criminal justice system. And that's why it's so important that, that we get it as soon as possible. Do you think the government has, um, has messed up with this, with this and, and, and the way that they've treated Buddy, that have spent two million quid and they've got nothing to show for it? Yeah, I do. I do. I think I think the the government are messing up big style here by insisting on this national monopoly for tagging. You know, we've got 36 police forces up and down the country who are already using uh, buddy tagging. And that's why I say we could if if the government allowed police commissioners to get on with this, we could deliver it like tomorrow. Um, but they're not. They're going through this massive uh, bureaucratic national um, tendering exercise uh, that, that you know, it may not deliver. They may not even start piloting the use of these devices for another year. Mm. That's, that's a year of people becoming victims of crime when I believe they don't have to. Uh, while we've got you here, we're, we're going to be speaking to uh, your chief constable, Colette Paul, a little bit uh, uh, later on. She's written an open letter to the community following the alleged mistreatment of Faruka Ali, who we, we spoke about uh, last week. It's, it's alleged that this gentleman who's got the mental age of a five-year-old was, was attacked by police officers. Do you take any credit for, for the uh, open letter that um, Colette Paul's written? Uh, well, I think it's been clear from the outset that uh, the chief constable takes this very seriously. Um, wants to see it properly investigated, wants to reassure people uh, that, um, you know, Bedfordshire police are dealing on a daily basis with vulnerable people um, and are very focused on protecting the public. Uh, and that's what Bedfordshire police and the chief constable want to do. Have you been speaking to Clapball recently? I speak to Colette Paul a lot, as it happens. Have you spoken yes. to, to about this? Well, we had, a, we had a meeting yesterday. Um, it's uh, part of the, you know, where I openly um, and, you know, sort of on the record hold her to account. Mm. Um, and we had a lengthy discussion about this and the, the minutes of that will be getting published. OK, but what was the basic the, the, the theme behind it? What, what, what's the plan? The, the, I believe the two officers, they were still walking the streets, but not in Luton. Now they've been taken off, they, they won't be in contact with members of the public while this is being investigated. Is that right? That's correct. There's been a change in their restriction, yes. But, you know, you know this is an operational issue and you're best off asking the Chief okay. Constable about that. Ollie, nice to see you. Thank you very much indeed for coming in. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. There we go. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. We will be speaking to uh, Bedfordshire Chief Constable Colette Paul a little bit later on to find out what is happening in that investigation into the accusations that two police officers uh, attacked 
punched, pushed uh, a gentleman with autism who has the mental age of a five-year-old. And um, as you just heard there, the two officers who have been accused of this, um, they were still uh, on the streets, face to face with the public, not in Luton, but they've now since been, um, I don't know, given what office positions, desk jobs, I don't know. But they won't be um, meeting the uh, the public quite so much. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Is it racist to black up? There's a picture uh, in page seven of the son of uh, an MP's son who's blacked up as Michael Jackson. Kevin says on Facebook, can't be racist. Michael Jackson wasn't racist for for whiting himself up. Gary Henderson says, racist this, racist that. Bloody sick of it. Is Gary a black gentleman who's sick of racism or a white man who's sick of people going on about racism? I don't know. Claire says, no, it's not racist. It's just a fancy dress costume. Like a man dressing as a woman for a fancy dress party doesn't mean they are a transvestite. Ah? I don't follow that logic. Do you follow that logic, Casper? Let me read that again. Um... Not racist. It's a fancy dress costume. Like a man dressing as a woman for a fancy dress party doesn't mean they're a transvestite. No, the equivalent... No, because that would then mean that this... He isn't a black man. The equivalent would be a man dressing uh, like a woman for a fancy dress party doesn't mean they're a misogynist, I think. Kelly? Sexist. Nothing wrong with being sexy. Uh, And Sue says, what about all the multicoloured Elvises we find everywhere? Black, white and anything in between. Racist? Nah, just a bit of fun. Uh Uh-huh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the clockwise M25, two lanes are shut on the approach to Junction 26, Waltham Abbey, because of an accident involving two lorries and a car. It's been quite a serious accident, and that's causing queues already from Junction 24. The A10, as a result, very slow southbound on the approach to the M25 at 25. Uh, back onto the M25, while anti-clockwise, patchy delays, so patchy uh, slow traffic, rather, from the M1 down towards the M40. The southbound M1's moving quite well now, but the A1, well, the... Uh, Roadworks at Biggleswade have been cleared, but still delays on the southbound A1M and also into London approaching at Mill Hill Circus. Chilton trains 15-minute delays via Prince's Risborough on the southbound line. The southbound line is open, but with delays still. And as for the Piccadilly line, minor delays into London from Cockfosters to Wood Green. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Thank you, James. It's Tuesday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew citing cost and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. £600 a week is being spent on a sign to deter motorists from using the Luton to Dunstable guided busway. The Borough Council blames driver stupidity. And in sport, Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster this evening. The Hornets are seven points from the playoffs with a game in hand. Oh, it sounds very, very tense, and it doesn't. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. The village itself is quite ancient. The original settlement here was 2,000 years ago. Inviting everyone to where you live. The village is very special. The community is just 
so cohesive, it does so much together. And all this week, we're featuring Wheat Hampstead. It looks like an extremely historic village. There's lots of fascinating looking buildings. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Be glad when the swan is back in use again. It burnt badly last year. Send us an email to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. Just come here and feel the love. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry? No. It's too upsetting. You've come in all moved. Yeah. Do you, do you well, I'm just trying, I should just explain for the listeners, I'm just trying to put Ian back on the uh, straight and narrow with his vegetarianism. I've been a vegetarian for 25 years. The last week and this week I'm a meat eater and then I'm going to decide what I'm happening. Mm. Uh, you, you found this hilarious that I've gone to eat meat. You, you, you're constantly giggling at me like some schoolgirl. But now you're trying to make me a vegetarian again. Well, I'm not sure I found it hilarious. I said I was a bit troubled by your decision. Oh, the, but you, you said that as you were laughing. Well... Yes, but I. To be honest, yes. I'm. I'm. I've got a video. Somebody sent me oh. uh, Nina, regular listener. Hello, Nina. N- Nina. She sent me a listen, uh, a, a little video yesterday oh. showing these two cows yes. waiting in the little pen in the, to oh. go in for their slaughter. Oh dear! And every time they heard the the bolt going in for the previous yes. cows, they kind of back away and they're absolutely terrified. You mimed know, a cow earlier on. They, they the know what's going to happen to them, and yeah. it's oh, it's very upsetting. And I was going to do a rib of beef a week after next, and do you know what? I'm having second thoughts. Yeah, you, you'll still have that rib of beef. And they don't know what's going to happen to them. They've not. They don't. Well, they do. They're frightened. Well, they're frightened of the noise. They don't know they're going to get a bolt through their heads. That's going to no, win their don't. lives. No, they don't. No, they don't because they're cows. Yeah. Cows are quite stupid. Exactly. But even even so delicious. So they do look. Oh, it's upsetting. Oh, it's horrible. And this is. I think you should watch it. And it'll put you back on the straight and narrow. I'm. Uh, do you know what I was thinking the other day? If I do go back to eating meat, I want to investigate this properly. I don't, do I say this on the radio? I, I'm. I have considered the possibility of going to an abattoir to have a look. What? You want to see this? I don't... I feel, I feel that if I'm going to eat meat, I should do it responsibly, and I should be... Aware, if, I, if I'm making the decision to, to go back to being a meat eater, I need to do it responsibly, and I need to look at the whole... I need to have all the evidence and the facts. So it's an idea I'm considering. I don't really? know, yeah. You'll find it very upsetting. I probably would. I, I'm not going to do it. I've, I have been asked several times to go yeah. to an abattoir, and I've said I can't do it. I probably would it. find it very, very upsetting, and, and if I found it upsetting enough, then I would go back to being a vegetarian. That's yeah, but it might, because you're a delicate soul, yep. it might affect you. Yep. Yep. A delicate soul, thank you so much. Yeah, well, you are. I mean, I wouldn't I like to think that it would, you know, affect you mentally. Well, I'm not going to have a breakdown because Well, I do, you might do. You don't know that. I might, I might have a little cry. I might cry. You might drive to Dundee in your bare feet. That's possible. You know, yeah. anything could happen. Yeah, it could. Could. Where's Ian? Oh, he's gone bonkers. He went to an abattoir. Oh, dear. <laughs> we'll, we'll see him in six months. He's eaten two million Toblerone and driven to Dundee in his bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> now, what, what have you got on your show this morning? Oh, you're going to like this. Oh, go on. Have you heard about this, uh, this mother who's mm. launched a campaign to promote breastfeeding after she was called a tramp on Facebook? Oh. Have you seen this? Emily Slough found Emily a... Emily Slough? Yes. What an unfortunate name. She uh, was known to be rude. Well, She's no, already been called a tramp. Now well, you... But her surname's Slough is in the yes. town that I grew up in. Yes. Well, it's a dump. <laughs> it is a dump. 
<laughs> she, this poor woman, she can't win. First she gets called a tramp, now you're saying her surname sounds like a dump. But she might have a point, so let's listen to what she has to say. Emily Slough found a picture of herself online that another Facebook user had taken, oh. showing her sat on the step of a shop, surrounded by plastic bags, with her baby mid-feed. Her campaign has now attracted 8,000 likes and more than 1,000 people are expected to attend a mass breastfeeding event this weekend, including one in Milton Keynes. Excellent. Well, I'm going to be speaking to Emily after nine o'clock. I won't tell her what you said about her surname. Probably best not to, actually. No, but I'll be talking to her after nine o'clock. And I want to know, would you rather mums didn't breastfeed in public? Oh, Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The sight of a woman sitting there breastfeeding in a public place, does she sound like a tramp to you? No, she sounds like a very responsible, loving mother. Nourishing her baby. There are some people who... Uh, I've got not a problem with, with mothers breastfeeding at all. I think it's... what is the What's more natural than feeding your baby? And yet you'll still get people... My wife had this. Oh, could you not go and do that in the toilet? No, you go and have your lunch in the toilet. Yeah, but my old neighbour got her boob out in ZZ's and people didn't like it. And she said to me, she said, oh, they were complaining. And I said, well, I mean, did you have to do it right in the middle of ZZ's? What's what's ZZ's? It's a well-known pizza establishment. Oh, is it? Um, there are, the thing is, as well, there are delicate ways of doing it. I've never heard of ZZ's. Sounds nice. There are delicate ways of doing it. You can get special tops so you can't see the boobies out. The worst thing, is, is uh, uh, which I have done, it's only bad for me, is, it shouldn't, is uh, you kind of go up to a woman and you start talking to her and you realise that she's... Um, Got what, a, what, you're talking to her while she's breastfeeding? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and then you realise that she's got her boobs out. A friend of mine bent down to kiss the baby once and didn't realise that the... Uh... Whoa! <laughs> hey! <laughs> that ain't no baby. That's a big baby. Can I just say, when I see a woman breastfeeding, I think, that is amazing. I could never do it without making a right show of myself. <laughs> I even bought one of those special poncho things so that yep. I could try to do it subtly. No. Baby won't have that. No. No. Oh, Did you look like, like a, a tramp f- when you were breastfeeding? I looked like a um, a tent with someone having a fight in it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> I think that's a good one. You'll well, get, let's we'll see lots if it kicks off. Yes, at nine. Would you rather mums didn't breastfeed in public? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, well, that'll be a good one today. I'll be listening to that. A massive illuminated sign warning motorists not to use the Luton to Dunstable busway has been put up by the Borough Council. 600 quid a week. Well, uh, Sophie has uh, been there. Morning, Sophie. Good morning. Sophie, you've been speaking to people about this. What have they got to say? My goodness me. They've been saying that they think the sign is a complete waste of money. But can I just say, Ian, standing on the side of the busway now, underneath the very sign that you talk about... People have started using the busway to go around. What? Someone, someone's going the busway it. today? Three cyclists I've watched go around, and I think the main issue is because on the pavement that they can't usually cycle on, there's a restriction barrier on the footpath path that's too small for cyclists right. to fit through. Sophie, stay there a second. I may come back to you in a second. I want to go to Dave Taylor, Luton Borough Council's portfolio holder for the environment. Dave, it's not working, mate. Good morning. You're wasting morning. your money. What, what isn't working? The sign isn't working. Yeah, it's not on. What, how, how's it costing us 600 quid a week? It should be on. It should be working. 
Yeah, but it's... No, there are cyclists riding up the busway today. Sophie's seen three of them. No, they shouldn't be riding up the busway. No, I know that's they shouldn't that's be riding up the busway, Dave. They are. The, the sign is on, and people are still riding up the busway. It's a waste of 600 quid a week. Yeah, I mean, it's not cyclists that are the problem. It's cars on the busway that are the problem. Oh, so cyclists are allowed to ride up there? No, no, not at all. There's a dedicated cycle lane they on can't, the left-hand side. They can't fit through the um, the little gateway. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've spoke to a lot of cyclists and and, and the cycling organisations. That's to prevent motorcycles using it. Ah, right. So, but so you know that get off, get off. Just push their bike underneath, get round the other side, and get back on. And but cycle. that's encouraging people to use the cyclists to go on the busway. Sophie's seen no, three no, of them today. No, 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 it isn't. Well, no, so, it isn't. No, Sophie, no, no, Sophie's seen three of them today, Dave. Yeah, what, on the busway, cycling on the busway? Let, let me just ask her. Sophie? Yes, have, on the busway, Dave. They're on the in, busway. In, what, in the concrete guide? On the concrete guide. And actually, worse than that, they're going towards the traffic. So they can't oh get goodness. through the barrier. I've watched three different cyclists not dismounting, but actually just going round it because they couldn't fit through. And the other two that could fit through was quite embarrassing, actually. They got stuck. Dave? Yeah. You're wasting yeah. your money. Yeah. Well, the, the problem is with cars on the busway. Um, so, so you're okay with cyclists going on there then? No, no, I didn't. I, I was not aware, and I don't think the council are aware that it, there is a problem with cyclists cycling on the on the guideways. Okay, but well, I'm, I'm glad that yeah. Sophie and I have brought that to your attention. You can you can spend a, waste a few quid trying to sort that out now. Yeah, six hundred quid a week seems a lot of money for a sign. It is. It is a lot of money, and I think we ought to think about buying it as well. I think we're going to get a quote uh, to purchase it, and then hopefully Hang get on, some what? of our money back for Randall. Are you renting it? We're renting it, yeah, £600 a week. Mate, what on earth is going on? Why don't you just get a student and give them 350 quid a week to stand there with a flag and a megaphone? Yeah, but that would, would that solve the problem? Yes, it would. It'd be better than a blo- the Yeah, it'd be better than a blooming sign, because a, bus, a, a student could stand in the way every time a car comes. Yeah, no, no. It, I mean, that, that's not a safe way of doing it. I mean, the oh. sign is there to warn people that it is the busway. It flashes and it, it's on at night um, because it has been a particular problem. We've had 35 cars since the busway opened accessing the busway. Despite the signage on the road, the sign saying car traps, buses only, people are still driving up there. Why don't? Why do you need a big illuminated sign that you rent for six hundred quid a week? Why don't you just get I don't know, like a normal sign? Well, so, so the idiots who drive up there can actually, or, or, or attempt to drive up there, can see it. It's huge and it flashes because people say when we've asked them, "Oh, we didn't see any signs," right? So that's what you've got to do. How, how much is it going to cost to buy this sign? I don't. We don't know yet. We're just going to get a quote. And we could use it in other areas, you know, when there's the, the, the carnival fair and things like that. We because just, Dave, we've, we've just yeah. spoken about the closing down the, um, the, the, the bus service, the dialer bus service for people. Yeah, dialer ride. Dialer ride, because there's no money. And yeah. you're spending 600 quid a week on a, <laughs> renting a sign and you're thinking about buying it? But you need we, to get your priorities straight, surely. Yeah. No, we can, use it, we can use it elsewhere as well. There's, possibility, poss- there's only a possibility of buying it. But this is money that we shouldn't be spending. No, exactly. So but why we, are you spending it? Because we're having to accommodate idiots. Because they say they cut the signage down. Because I can't see where they're going. You know, it's fairly obvious when you're coming down that it's that it's that it's a busway. Why? So there has to be an illuminated sign flashing to tell people that they can't go down there. Do you reckon it's going to work? Because people use it. People go down well, there because they think it's a shortcut and also because their sat-nav tells them yeah, to. Do you think yeah. that sign's really well, going to no, work? The, the, the sat-nav doesn't tell them yes, to it, go it down Yes, it does. There. It does. 
We sent no, our I reporter. Don't. We sent our reporter Tony Fisher out there, and his sat nav yeah. told him to yeah. go to go right. It's telling me to turn right. That happened. No, 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 no. That's not true. Yes, yes, not yes. No, it's, I think you covered this. Didn't, it's Ian, true. Didn't cover this before. Yeah, Dave, it's true. Our reporter Tony no, no. Fisher went there, and no, the no. sat nav told him to turn right and go down no. there. It wouldn't be on any sat nav database Dave. because it was a former railway line anyway. Dave. It is. Listen, you can deny it all you want. We'll send Tony Fisher back down there. He is one of the most respected reporters we have here. It's not saying much. It told him, the (laughs) sat-nav told him to go down there. Yeah. If the sat-nav told him to go off the end of a cliff, would he do that? No, because he is a sensible sensible man, but other people follow their sat-navs. Yes, Dave is a sensible man. He realises it's the bus way, but it doesn't. It doesn't. I think we've covered this before. I mean, there is a problem at the other end, the unguided piece, where we're going to put the pollards in when they're up and running. That will stop people accessing that. I mean, that's understandable because that, that was Station Road and it was, was, was a former access to the, to the station. Dave, I bet it's you, I bet you, right, a fiver to a charity of your choice, yep. we get a car going up the busway in the next four weeks. What do you reckon? Um, the chances are probably. Because since we've had probably. the flashing side... Yeah, since we've had the flashing sign, we've still had two cars go up there. So it is a waste of money, then. So get rid of the sign and well, come up with something why different. Don't you, why don't you ask some of the drivers that drive up there? Because Did you're you in charge the of the road. We'll ask that. I, I, I'll, I'll go and ask all the drivers. But if you've had Ian, two cars Ian, go up there, and you're spending Ian, 600 quid a week. It's a waste Ian, of money. Ian, it's a, yeah, you're right. It's a waste of money. It's money we shouldn't be spending. Well, then get right? rid of it because so it's not working. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But no, but Dave, it's not working. You've just told me it's not working. So yeah. save yourself 600 quid a week. Don't even think about buying that sign and come yeah. up with a different way yeah. to stop people driving there. Yeah. Well, can you can you can I ask you then what what would you do to prevent okay. cars driving on the busway? I would put um a barrier there. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the the barrier that opens when a bus comes and doesn't open when a car comes. Yeah. Are yeah. they the same barriers that they have at level crossings that people still drive through? And flashing lights. You, you've, you've got the flashing lights, Dave, and it's not working. Yeah. My suggestion yeah. is ten times better than yours. The bollards <laughs> that come up, that go down when a bus comes, which you're going to yeah. install at the other end, put that's them right. at that end. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But, I mean... Well, then do it! Yeah, I know what it's what right! Can we do? What can we do? You can do what I've just said, put bollards that go down when a bus comes and go up when, it, when it's not yeah. a bus. And when, yeah, and when they don't work, then what do we do? But you're going to put the bollards at the other end, so you're admitting that they're not going to work. No, 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 where people are accessing the busway oh, is, is, is from the station end. Ian? Ian, I think we're going round in circles. Oh, Dave, yeah. I think we are, mate. <sighs> I really do. Very angry. Oh, there we go. <laughs> How did my thoughts escape onto the air? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, the M25 queues clockwise from 24 round towards 26. It's all because of an accident earlier, just before 26 has gone, but delays remain, unfortunately. As a result, the A10 really slows southbound, passing Chesham towards the M25. Local routes, including Marsh Hill, very busy on the speed sensors, and it's also very busy uh, heading down from Potter's Bar uh, towards Stag Hill, or on Stag Hill, towards Christchurch Coxfosters. I think with drivers avoiding the M25. Uh, East Coast reporting delays via Potter's Bar. There are speed restrictions at Potter's Bar, so East Coast and First Capital Connects running with 15-minute delays. James Wally, BBC Three Counters Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
With the headlines, I'm Simon Oxley. Bedfordshire's chief constable says the investigation into an alleged assault by two officers on a vulnerable man in Luton will be thorough and impartial. Colette Paul says the case of Farouk Ali will be investigated by Leicestershire Constabulary to ensure a transparent investigation by a team unconnected to Bedfordshire Police. Police in Malaysia say they've identified one of the men who travelled on the missing plane with a stolen passport. He's a 19-year-old Iranian not thought to have any terrorist links. And the MP for Aylesbury says he'll quiz the government about a company from the town who've criticised attitudes to small businesses. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Conference leaders Luton go to second place Cambridge tonight as they close in on automatic promotion. The Hatters are 15 points clear. Cambridge manager Richard Money has conceded Luton will win the title. His Luton boss, John Still. Sometimes people say things, I think, to, you know, maybe get a reaction from somebody else. I don't react to it. This is my team. People can say what they want, think what they want, put things out in the media that they want and it would never bother me or worry me. Watford resumed championship action at Doncaster with Fernando Forestieri and Lewis McGugan set to return to the squad. The Hornets are seven points from the playoffs with a game in hand. In League One, Dean Bowditch could start for the Milton Keynes Dons at bottom club Notts County after signing a new one-year contract. Stevenage host manager Graham Westley's former club Preston and will be without midfielder John Massinho, who's on loan from the visitors. And in League Two, Wickham will be without the injured Paris Cowan Hall and the suspended Josh Scowan for tonight's visit of Plymouth. And there's full commentary on Luton, Watford, MK Dons and Stevenage on tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. In the Champions League, Arsenal go to Bayern Munich, trailing 2-0 from the first leg. And in racing, the Cheltenham Festival starts today with the feature race, the Champion Hurdle. More from Luke Harvey. It's a big race everyone's concentrating on. Probably one of the races of the festival is the Champion Hurdle at 3.20. Hurricane Fly going for that third historic win in the race. He's an absolute legend of the sport. You've got to the young pretenders like my ten to yours we've got our Connor the new one who's trained by Nigel Tristan Davis just four or five miles uh, from the course it's just absolutely superb BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at nine it's telling me to turn right across beds hearts and bucks this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio Deary me Deary me Dave Taylor That'll be in the podcast. Now, if you were listening last week, you'll have heard allegations that two Luton police officers assaulted a man called Farouk Ali, who has a very severe form of autism. He has the mental age of a five-year-old. Farouk's brother told us his condition means that he likes routine. And one of those routines is watching the bin collection every week. So when the police told him to move along and then tried to compel him to do so, things got physical. There are allegations of shoving, of punching, of all kinds of things. Caused a huge amount of tension in the area where he lives which is why a public meeting was held last week. Now, in an open letter on the Bedfordshire Police website, the Chief Constable, Colette Paul, says she wants to reassure people that a thorough investigation is underway. Let's speak to her now. Morning, Colette. Good morning, Ian. Colette, you you didn't make it to last week's meeting, and lots of people felt uh, cheated by that. Why why didn't you go? Yeah, I was actually very keen, Ian, to be at the meeting um, and did make attempts to um, rearrange my diary and um, couldn't do that. But what I did do was make sure that the force was incredibly well represented. I felt that Assistant Chief Constable Trippett, who's actually in charge of all operational uh, policing for my force, also Chief Superintendent Jim Saunders, who's the head of local policing, and also um, sorry, Superintendent David Boyle, um, who was actually gold and in charge of the 
the operation with the right people to go at that time. But why, why couldn't you go, Colette? Um, well, I can tell you, but it is um, a personal appointment that I've got. I was actually at the doctor's at the GP's. OK. And that couldn't have been shifted? Because it was, it was in the evening and people were very upset that you weren't there. Yeah, um, at the time it couldn't, um, but obviously I actually felt I did send the right okay. people to the meeting. Well, I hope and everything... People were upset. Can I, sorry, Ian, can I just say people were upset that I weren't yep. there, but I'd already contacted the family and said that I would meet them personally, and they are going to meet me tomorrow. OK, well, I hope, I hope your health is, uh, is fine and dandy. You, you didn't... Oh, thank you. No, I hope it's nothing serious. You didn't send your deputy, though, either, did you? You did send Assistant Chief Constable no, I, Nigel I Trippett. my Assistant Chief... There's only three of us. My deputy came back on that day. I actually felt that Assistant Chief Constable Nigel Trippett was the right person because he had the most knowledge of the incident and was actually an overall charge of it. When did so you... I felt he was the right person. How does it work, Claire? When did you first become aware of the allegations against the two officers? Yeah, I was actually away for the weekend and the first time I became aware of the allegation was Tuesday morning when it was declared a critical incident and that was when I was informed. And what action did you take when you knew? Oh, absolutely immediately. Um, obviously, the first step, I checked um, that all the evidence was secured, and it had been, uh, by our Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire and Cambridge Professional Standards Department. Um, I also um, ensured that the matter had been referred to the Police Complaints Commission, which it had. And what they obviously said was they were going to supervise the investigation, and that meant that they were going to set out the terms of reference for it, but obviously we would be carrying out that investigation. Subsequently, um, as you probably know from my letter, um, I changed that decision and I actually went to Leicestershire Constabulary, obviously in consultation with the Independent Police Complaints Commission, and I've asked them to conduct it so that it was totally independent of Bedfordshire Police. What evidence is there? Because when we spoke about this last week, the, um, the two officers hadn't been interviewed about this. They, 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 they'd given over the notes in their notebook, but they hadn't been interviewed. And also none of the eyewitness statements had been collected. Um, the investigation is ongoing and obviously a number of witnesses have been seen. But as I've just said, Ian, I have handed that now over to mm. Leicestershire Constabulary and they will be dealing with the investigation. But a number of witnesses have been spoken to. And then once all the evidence is gathered, that's the time that they actually speak to the police officers. That would be normal. See, that seems, that seems odd to me because if I, if I had been accused of punching someone, um, then I would be being questioned by the police immediately, wouldn't I? To, to, to leave it two, um, three, it, it, four weeks seems a little odd. Yeah. Yeah, Ian, it's not. It depends on the circumstances. Obviously, if it's um, a person outside of the police force, you've got to arrest them immediately to get the evidence. That's not the same case with police officers. Why not? It seems you know, unfair. We well, no, not at all. It's just a different process with police officers. We gathered all the evidence from the police officers at that time so that the evidence couldn't be um, changed in any way. It was gathered at the time immediately. Um, in fact, one of the officers had gone home and was brought back in to make sure that we gathered the evidence from but them. But they do have, they have had several weeks, if they were of a disposition to do so, to talk to each other and shore up some facts, the suspicious might say. Um, that, can I just say the evidence was seized at the time, so their notes, so that would be very difficult okay. actually, Ian. You know, the, the evidence was seized at the time. Obviously, I can't go into the investigation. No, Ian. of course not. It's an ongoing investigation. <laughs> but I, I but, just know it was a but point. Be reassured it was taken at the time. No, I know, and I know the evidence was. It's just a, a point that a lot of people picked up on last week that, that they hadn't been questioned yet, and some people thought that seemed um, a little bit unfair. Yeah. In, in writing this um, open. Ian, just say it's, it is normal procedure um, that you would normally gather no. all of the evidence, because obviously, otherwise, to make sure that you've got all the evidence there so you can question the officers yep. about what's happened. So you would gather the evidence from all the witnesses that saw it and then you would question the officers. OK. It, it may be normal procedure. That doesn't necessarily mean it's fair, does it? Um, well, I think it probably is fair. I'm, I'm um, sure you do. Our procedure. Uh, in, in writing this open letter, Colette, what, what are you trying to achieve? 
What I'm trying to achieve there, um, Ian, is to actually let people know within the bounds of the investigation, because obviously I can't go beyond those bounds, to let people know as much as I possibly can about what's happened. Um, so it's about reassuring them that we are taking it incredibly seriously and um, that I have gone to now to an independent force to actually look at what we've done and to make sure that if there are lessons to be learned, that we do learn those, Ian. Um, so really, I wanted the people to hear it from me, um, from me as the leader of Bedfordshire Police, about what we've done and what action that we've taken and that we do take this incredibly seriously. I also obviously wanted to um, reassure the family too and I'll be doing that by obviously meeting them personally tomorrow. Well, Farouk's sister last week told us that she hadn't been asked for a statement despite witnessing what happened to her brother. Again, that, that seems to, to not quite be right. I'm sure she will be. I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know the full terms of the investigation. Even I don't get reported back on no. that. The investigation will take place. Um, but I'm sure if she's a witness that they will, the investigation team will be speaking to her. Do we have a timeline for this investigation, Colette? I'm looking to try and get it, um, obviously, completed as soon as I possibly can. I think that's incredibly important. Uh, but obviously, they've got a number of witnesses to see and then the officers to interview. But I'm really, really pushing to make it... Um, to to be conducted as expeditiously and quickly as possible, to be frank. Claire, now, I don't want to spring anything on you, but we've just had uh, Luckman in Luton has called in. He's a, he's a, a friend of the family. Uh, yes, would yes you I, mi- know, I know of Luckman. Would you mind if I, if I put him on, or would you rather not to speak um, to you? No, uh, you know, I, I don't mind. Um, I've had conversations with Luckman. Um, I've obviously said to Luckman in the past that we would make direct contact with the family, so I'd prefer to speak to the family personally. But, you know, if he's got something to say... I've let let me just hear what his point is, and I'm sorry to spring this on you. He's just got, L- yeah, Luckman, no, no problem. You, you, no you're problem. through to Colette Paul. What would you like to say? Hi, Ian. Um, thank you for taking my call. I mean, obviously, this is a, I am a concerned member of the public. I know I'm a close friend of the family. But, obviously, this is not the first incident in Luton. Obviously, you know, another incident took place in November, you and I know. I mean, yeah. we have lost faith in you, Colette. We have lost faith in not just yourself, in Oli Martin as well. Isn't it time to kind of step down and put someone in place where we're going to have some trust and really get this investigation moving? Because obviously, you know, we've heard a lot of things, obviously, from that meeting uh, last week, Tuesday, and... Uh, you know, we're quite disappointed, obviously. But, but look, man, if I, if, if I may step in, it does sound like, speaking to Colette, it does sound like things are moving now. The investigation has been handed to a different police force, so that, that, that it's, it's independent. Do, do you not feel that things have moved on considerably since well, last week? A little. I mean, and one thing I want to point out is, uh, I, I think, obviously, uh, it was uh, alleged that there was some sort of burglary taking place, if I'm right, you know, collect, correct me if I'm wrong. And then when I was listening to Anglia, um, uh, the coverage by Lauren Hall, she said a statement was given to them by the police, which she obviously commented on, or one of the reporters was, they were okay. concerned for his welfare. Okay. So from burglary to concern for his welfare is quite different. Okay. Moment. Well, look, when you're, you're talking about things I don't know about. I've not, I've not seen that report. But Colette, very, very quickly, what would, you like, what would your response yeah, be? Um, yeah, look, when, can I just say, um, I wouldn't step down, no. And the reason for that is um, I do not walk, walk away from things that are very, very difficult. As a leader of Bedfordshire Police, you know, we deal with things day in and day out, and I want to make sure that we get to the bottom of this. So I absolutely would not step down. Um, I'm very keen, you know, that we do get to the bottom of all of this. And as the leader of Bedfordshire, I don't shy away from difficult issues. Um, the, in terms of um, the other issues, I, I, I can't comment on those, uh, Luckman, because obviously it's part of the investigation and we will find out why 
they um, did what they did during that investigation. So I hope that's helpful, but I can't go beyond the confines of that because I honestly don't know what, uh, what it is because you know, I've certainly not spoken to the police officers and they will be spoken to in terms of the investigation. Colette, finally, there's been a lot of criticism of the way that Ollie Martins has handled this. Do you think he's, he's handled it well? That's a really difficult question to ask me. You know, Ollie Martins is there to hold me to account, um, Ian, about what I've done. I don't hold him to account. Do you think he should step down? No, I don't. Colette, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for explaining what's going okay, on. OK, then. Thank you very thank much you. indeed. There we go. And thank you, Lookman. There we go. That's, uh, uh, that's Colette Paul. Well, what do you think? 08459 555 is the uh, telephone number. She's, of course, the chief constable. And um, I thought she put her point across very well. It, it felt like... The thing I get with when I talk to Colette, the couple of times I've spoken to her, is it does feel like she is um, answering as much as she can answer. Um, and you don't always get that with a lot of other people. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like there is a script being stuck, stuck to. Yes. Colette, thank you very much for coming on. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, delay still on the clockwise M25 from Junction 23 round towards 25. It's because of an accident earlier nearer to 26. That's cleared, but delays remain. Uh, the A10, as a result, really slow still. Southbound, we can see on the speed sensors, uh, passing Chesant down towards the M25. The 414 at London Coney, well, eastbound, passing St Albans is particularly heavy towards Hatfield on the sensors. Oh, by the way, anti-clockwise M25, delays in patches still from 21A down towards 16. A1M's heavy, southbound at 7. You Usual congestion there at the Stevenage exit. To the trains and East Coast, in fact, all trains via Potter's Bar. 15-minute delays because of speed restrictions. And Chiltern say still 15-minute delays via Princess Risborough as a train broke down earlier on this morning. I'm James Worley, BBC Three Counters Radio. James, thank you very much indeed. 8.47, it's Tuesday the 11th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire's Chief Constable says the investigation into an alleged assault by two officers on a vulnerable man in Luton will be thorough and impartial. Colette Paul says the case of Farouk Ali will be investigated by Leicestershire Constabulary and she'll meet with Mr Ali's family tomorrow. A Buckinghamshire firm is accusing the government of only being interested in big business after being forced to pull out of a bid to provide tags for criminals. The Aylesbury company Buddy withdrew citing costs and bureaucracy after spending £2 million. And in Sport. Conference leaders Luton go to second-placed Cambridge tonight as they close in on automatic promotion. Coming up... Oh, really? More phone calls on geocaching. Let's get the weather with Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, it's a rather cloudy start to the day, and this cloud is fairly stubborn as well. It's not going too far very quickly. The best we can hope for, it should start to thin and break as we head later on this afternoon. But the northeasterly breeze means things are feeling rather chilly. We're looking at a maximum uh, later on this afternoon of around 10 Celsius. Overnight tonight, if you've got any cloud left, it is going to disappear. That's going to allow the temperature to fall and also mist and fog patches to develop. Minimum temperature down to 1 Celsius. So a murky start to Wednesday eventually the mist and fog eventually clears and we'll get pleasantly warm sunshine and the wind a little lighter too maximum temperature 13 celsius for wednesday that's 55 degrees in fahrenheit and that's your forecast 
every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. <sighs> um, who's this? Someone this, someone this is a weird message to tweet. From Ray and Ma. Ma. Ian Lee really is one of my most favourite people. Oh. I, sorry? That's not, that's not the surprising bit. No, no but. Uh, I wish he was my neighbour, my brother, my friend's father, my PA. (laughs) Your friend's father? Is this a young person? (laughs) We feel really old. But then you could be his PA. (laughs) Let's have a look at Ray and Ma. I don't want to be her friend's father. (laughs) <laughs> oh, thank you, Rayanne. That's very kind of you to say. Oh, I thought it was Ray and Ma. I wondered who Ma, Ma was in this it, it's scenario. It's Rayanne. All right. Rayanne Ma. Thank you for that, Rayanne. You I, can I, have him if you want. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said I wish he was my friend's father. Or my before. PA. <laughs> it's a very different relationship, isn't it? I'd be a rubbish PA. You phone him. I can't make the phone I don't want to make the phone call. Oh, I feel weird about oh, it. I don't want to make the phone call. Hi, man. Yeah, it's Rayanne's PA, man. <laughs> Oh, d- <laughs> wish he was my friend's dad. <laughs> I feel so old. You'd be taxiing the girls round. Uh, so old. Do you wish I was your fr- friend's dad, Kelly? Why friend's dad and not her own dad? Well, well I mean, that'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Or why not uncle? She says, I wish he was my neighbour, brother, friend's father, or Pierre. Those are really weird, different things to yeah. pick. Yeah, Basically, she doesn't want you to be too close to her. No. But friend's dad is far away enough. I kind of feel that way about Michael Palin, about the friend's father thing. I used to want... I wouldn't want him as my PA as a result of that. I used to want Kenneth Williams to be my dad when I was young. Little did I know. (laughs) Really? Yeah, when I was about eight, I remember I wanted him to be my dad and Barbara Windsor to be my (laughs) mum. Maybe PA stands for something different. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. (laughs) Thank you, Rayanne. I take that as a great compliment. And I'm loving the snakeskin suit. Now, Adam's in Bedford. Morning, Adam. Good morning, sir. Geocaching. Fantastic. Really? Seriously. Tell me about it. My friend Scott wants me to go, and I can't think of anything duller. Oh, it's brilliant. We'll we'll meet up once a month, go and eat some cake and cups of tea and beer, and then we go out and we go and find geocaches in the great British countryside. There's nothing better. But what? But what is in it though? It's not like rubies, is it? No, it it varies from tiny little magnetic caches oh. up to massive ammo boxes with treasure inside. But what ca- now? You say oh, you say treasure, and you make that noise. But what kind of treasure, Adam? Geocaching treasure. But what does that mean? It's called swag. We take stuff, we put it in there, other people take stuff out, take it to other caches. Um, We also have trackables um, that we put in so we can track where they go in the caches. One of mine is in South Africa at the moment. How cool is that? But what's in, hang on, what's in South Africa? 
Um, well, they're, they're called travel bugs. Yeah. They've got their own specific number. Oh, OK. And it goes... Someone picks it up and takes it somewhere else? Yes, and then they drop it in that one. Then oh. someone else picks it up, takes it. There's actually one that's gone up to the International Space Station. I think that's pretty cool, myself. Really? Seriously. But and they're all everywhere. These geocaches, aren't they? Scott sent me loads. Of, Scott sent me about a dozen maps last night. They're, they're worldwide, absolutely worldwide. But the trouble is, if you get a little bit nerdy about it, every time you go on a journey, you check the map. Is there any caches? Oh. Oh. I, I went on a ten-year wedding anniversary to Poland. Uh, first thing I went and found a geocache. Oh, so you're you're addicted to it a little bit. It, it can get a little bit geeky, um, but it is fantastic. It is a really good hobby to have. I might, Adam, thank you very much. I, I might have a cheeky look in it, into it. Kath, do you fancy coming geocaching with me and Scott? Um, Kells? When, uh, I'm busy. When are you going? <laughs> Kells, you fancy it? We could do it after we go potholing. I'm... What's going on with the potholing? We're not going potholing. Why? Because I don't like crannies. I like nooks. Do you like a nook? No. I'd love a good nook. I don't like the idea of having um, my face against cold, hard stone. (laughs) 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 Or dripping caverns. Uh, (laughs) Kelly's tried to speak five times. She keeps drawing breath, ready to to speak, and then you go on for another sentence, Catherine. I'm actually yawning. Oh, oh, sorry. Just a yawn. Nothing to say? No, just... Okay, David's in Bedford. Morning, David. Morning, Ian. What, what, you, you got an idea for the busway that could save us six hundred quid a week? Yeah, go on. It is that in Cambridge near the bus station there yes. on the road, the Wesley Road that way, is a sensor that only buses can go through. That wouldn't work. That wouldn't work, according to Dave Taylor. Why not? I don't know. He claims it wouldn't work. It would if only buses can go through, and the barriers can, and only sensors. It's like a gate. Yeah. yeah. It would work. Dave Taylor says it wouldn't work. It's because they, he hasn't got a clue on how to look at funding. Hang things. on a second. Sean. Hello. What do you reckon? You've got an idea uh, for the busway. I'm, I'm on the same vein as Dave there. Um, I live near to Cambridge, and like he says, the buses have a little sensor fitted to the front of them, yeah. which allows a rising bollard to lower. Oh. Once that bus is passed over the rising bollard, yeah. obviously it rises back up. And car drivers have been caught where it punches through their floor, but they soon learn <laughs> not, to go, not, to go, not to go over the rising bollard. Dave Taylor says it won't work, Sean. He's talking poppycock, and he needs to go to Cambridge to see it working in Cambridge, because right. obviously it allows buses to go into the centre of Cambridge, but no cars. David, Sean, stay there. Andrew, you don't think right. that the rising bollards would work? I could, I could prove it to you. Come to Hatfield and go down College Lane in Hatfield. Yeah. That leads to the university. Yeah. And they decided they'd block it off so that only buses could go through and put in a rising bollard. Beautiful. What went wrong? The rising bollard's always breaking down. Oh. So uh, people go through anyway. Oh. So now they've put up one of those great big flashing signs <laughs> that cost six hundred pounds a week. I don't know why this is making me laugh so much. It's because it's so ridiculous. Sean, David, Andrew says it wouldn't work. Sean, you go first. Um, well, uh, it might not work. It might not work in Hatfield, but it certainly works in Cambridge. So I'm sticking with the Cambridge. <laughs> David, it won't work. It would work, long term. <laughs> and especially if they'd done four of them across and they were all individually set. <sighs> Gentlemen, I don't know why I'm fine. David, Sean, Andrew, thank you. I think it's a sensible suggestion. The only other option is swinging axes. 
<laughs> what, like in uh, Mario or something? Like Nightmare, do you remember? Sidestep to where, the left. Where am I? You're in a room, there's a table. With a bucket on your with, head. There's, with a, there's some cheese on the table and there's an elf. Hello, I'm an elf! I used to love Nightmare. My mum thinks I'm an actor. <laughs> I used to love that too. And then they used to freeze it at the end. Yeah. We've run out of time. What was his name, the fellow that done it, that did it? Don't uh, know. Maguire, um, Rosencrantz and Gilderstone are dead. What was his name? Um, what, fl- he was an actor? Flatchett. No, he, the character he played. Flatchett. Um, he had a beard. There's a new one called Raven. It's not him, is it? No, uh, no, no. We're, we're very close to, to doing old 70s TV shows. Except it was the 80s, it's fine. Yeah. Um... Rangard, Vanguard, Rangard, Ringard, Ringo. Ragnar. Ragnar? I don't know, I'm just making it up. Okay, well, don't make it up, mate, for goodness sakes. I don't know why I'm finding this whole um, busway so funny. Uh, Steve has emailed in. Your interview with Dave Taylor was the funniest thing I've heard in ages. Can you get him on for a daily spot on 3CR? Treyguard. Treyguard, there we go. There we go. We got there in the end. Uh, no, we, we will not be getting Dave Taylor on for the. Dave Taylor was in a sparky mood this morning, wasn't he? I don't know what was going on. Accusing Tony Fisher of lying? No one accuses Tony Fisher of lying and lives. We all heard the sat-nav tell him to turn right. It, t- it told him to turn right several times. Although sometimes, if I remember correctly, it did tell him to turn left. It's telling me to turn right. It's telling me to turn right. Yeah, you guys. So maybe Tony Fisher is lying. Sorry, Dave. It turns out you had a point. Oh, it's made me chuckle more than it should have done. Thank you very much. Lots of phone calls this morning. That's better. I prefer it when we get lots of phone calls. Just got time to tell you, uh, dear listener, there is a weekly podcast. We've had how many downloads? We've had over like 130,000 or something, wasn't it? 10. Sorry? Was it just 10? We've had over 10. Oh. It, it's, some, it's, it's close to 150,000 downloads we've had now. Of it's the a podcast. lot. It's a very popular one. Did yes. Tony Fisher tell you that? <laughs> <laughs> he was probably making up. So thank you for that. If you want to download it, it's a weekly one. Uh, well, every week. Uh, you can get it by going to iTunes and typing in Ian Lee, BBC, I-A-I-N-L-E-E-B-B-C, or by going to the uh, BBC Three Counties website and clicking on podcasts. We do a new one every week. It's the best bits of the week. Some funny bits, some silly bits, some uh, quite sad bits. And then we record... Don't tell the bosses. We record bonus stuff that doesn't get broadcast. Imagine that. Right, let's get the latest travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thanks, Ian. Still queues on the clockwise M25 from Junction 23 round to 25. Enfield It's mainly because of an accident earlier out of 26. In fact, 25 to 26 still quite heavy on the sensors. Southbound A10 passing Cheddons is slow towards the M25. The M1's looking good. No problems uh, really on the uh, M- A1M now. And as for trains, well, delays on the East Coast main line because of speed restrictions at Potter's Bar. 15-minute delays possible and still delays possible on Chilton trains through Princess Risborough as a train broke down earlier. James Woolley, BBC... Three Counters Radio. James, excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Wow, we did it. We got to the end. Looks like we made it once again. Thank you, everyone who called in. I love it when you call in. Makes my job easier and it makes it made me laugh a lot today. JVS is up next until tomorrow at six from me. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, would you rather mums didn't breastfeed in public? A mother has launched a campaign to...